welcome to the suspense is killing us 2023 edition yes. my name is emily this is travis hi matt hi happy new year happy new year guys happy do you have a year, happy everybody. new year everybody a good holiday yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, told, I told my whole new year story on the patreon so you that's have to right fork over me too to go listen to me whoa tell my gripping tale uh well, then let's get to the. But we didn't get Emily's the holiday we new did miss, story. though. I don't really. I mean, my New Year's story was, my New Year's story, my New Year's story was. I worked here at Scarecrow until six, and then I went home, and then I went to my friend's house and drank a lot of champagne. We played Yahtzee. Oh, I, I was in bed by one thirty, so it was pretty wholesome. I'm doing dry January, so. I talk about uh, it. I talk about it on the Patreon, but I did kill people on the on New Year's. So you have to go fork over four fifty for that. I Forf- ac- it's worth I accidentally it. killed two people. So go uh, <laughs> go pay the money on that. Like well, I can't really talk about it, other than on that podcast. Legally, it's legal, he cannot legal talk about but, it. But that's out already, so it's too late. He's embargoed. I'm in, I'm embargoed now officially, and people have actually paid money for my story. But we also missed your birthday. Yeah, you yes. guys did. Speaking birthday. of Emily's birthday, Travis oh. was at my birthday party, though. I was. No. Matt wasn't. I'm sorry. It's fine. You t- told me ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. I will. I would like to point out that it wasn't I, work. <laughs> I came to Emily's like Emily's birthday party started at eight, and I and it was like between my work and my home, and uh, I was gonna ride my bike, you know, and stop off at Emily's place on my way home. But like I can't, like I can't put it off and be fashionably late. Because <laughs> I, I like the you know I needed to leave work at, at a certain yeah. point. Yeah, I've been there all day, and so I showed up like exactly when it started. And it was Emily and two of her. <laughs> it was three. Yeah, it was me and three of my friends because we had just come from dinner and we were the first people there. And then Travis was immediately there. I felt terrible because it was two young ladies and they're like, "We're having fun at a bar," and you're like, "Here comes a fat old guy." No. Hey, <laughs> the party, let the party begin, everyone. Hey, Emily. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Me and Emily are pals. We do a podcast. <laughs> you guys are ladies. I was pawing at them. <laughs> and then you Amazing. ordered your toddler pizza. <laughs> I ordered a toddler pizza. You ordered a toddler pizza. Hot toddler. Is this, uh, they, they call the, at the uh, Clock Out Lounge, they call their cheese pizza with basil on it a toddler. Oh. Just, I guess, to, to force a bunch of uh, <laughs> horrible mistaken wordplay. Like, what do you want on your toddler? And so on. <laughs> oh, go on, like, no, this toddler is delicious. You know, yeah, I can't That's wait to be so Overall, it was a great time for Travis at my birthday. Party. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Uh, well, speaking of your birthday, oh yeah, speaking of my we birthday, have a big fat package here from the great Cody Downs. This is so exciting. Should I open this it? This thing has been here for weeks, but we haven't recorded in a while, so he's been anxiously awaiting us to open this on the air. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you need like keys or something? Yeah, or like a knife. Yes. Who's got a switchblade? Okay. That's that's pretty um Okay, I'm putting the well microphone down. Okay. We've got a vamp here. All right. This is this is pretty well taped up. I'm going to go ahead and narrate this whole process. You're going to have to re- I, Okay, well, it's pretty good. There might be scissors over know. here. Hang on. I'm not sure the keys treatment is going to do it on this one. Cody's a military man and he's got this thing locked up like Fort Knox. If that's a if that is a, a military installation. Why don't I have a knife on my hand? Because I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> Here, have some scissors. Yeah. There we go. Now we got now we got scissors. I'd also li- like to point out, speaking for Emily, that uh, Cody has a tendency to send us uh, uh, alcohol. Okay, she's getting in there with the scissors. Cody often sends us alcohol, and, and Emily is on is on dry January right now, so. That that'll be funny. 
But yeah, alcohol does keep. It'll stay on the shelf for a little while. Yeah. Getting all ends. Well, you don't want Gwyneth Paltrow's head coming out in the mail. There's blood. John Doe has the upper hand. John Doe has the upper hand. All right, she's open. She's got the box open. Okay, now there's a note. Note, note, note on top. Very good. Oh, well. Send, some, we, send we us some money. To, we don't need to talk about that. All right, guys, I'm back. <laughs> okay, I have a note for me I'm going to read out loud. <clears throat> Emily, happy birthday and happy holidays to you. As you're reading this, I unfortunately was not able to get this to you by Christmas Day. Doesn't matter, guys. We're just yeah. we're opening Come. now. Yeah. Nevertheless, I hope you enjoy, A, the special limited edition brew commemorating 2023 by Stone Brewing Co. from San Diego. Mm-hmm. I guess it's she, he's going to say what's in here, so I don't have to open it right away. Um, which is where I've returned for job reasons within my role in the Department of the Navy. And B, Blood Orange IPA for you, Travis, and Matt as a tasty consumable gift while you all record one of your first episodes in 2023. Oh, yeah. Bless him. Since we started communicating with one another on social media since late 2020, early 2021, you wear your heart on your sleeve when it comes to the highs and lows in your life. Wow. Not only do I appreciate your candor, but to paraphrase Clarence the Angel from the holiday classic, It's a Wonderful Life, whomever is with friends is not alone and no failure at all. You'll always have an open ear with me, Emily. Oh, that's really sweet. He's such a Clarence sweet the Angel. To, oh, to paraphrase Clarence the Angel, I'm sure your friends will give you money. <laughs> to paraphrase <laughs> Clarence the Angel, this is what it would be like if you were dead. <laughs> Some side notes to close on. Number one. On the Moronic Possessions episode, it was music video director Samuel Bayer, best known for doing nearly all of Nirvana's work, who directed the highly misbegotten A Nightmare on Elm Street remake from 2010. Not Rupert Wainwright, the director of Stigmata and other unnecessary remake 2005's The Fog. For both gentlemen, though, that was the proverbial nail in their coffins. As today, neither has directed another film after doing those remakes. Sorry, but maybe for the best. Oh, oh, oh. Number two. This track. On Tony (laughs) Vember, part two. The Solaris remake came out exactly one year after Spy Game, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving in 2002. I concur with Matt. It's an exceptional remake that stands on its own merits, but was doomed to fail at the box office by opening on that week at the then leadership of 20th Century Fox. Oi. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number three. Take that, 20th Century Fox brass. <laughs> All of you are out of a job now anyway. <laughs> Number three. Despite my earlier pleasantries, I'll still respectfully think you're categorically wrong to praise 1981's One from the Heart by Francis Ford Coppola, Ooh. a.k.a. the fierce subject of one of our chats on Twitter. But hey, That's to each come up again their on own. <laughs> Number four. Tell Travis. Oh, shit. Here I go. I get mine now. I get my medicine. Getting roasted. The motto of the Navy is Semper Fortis, i.e. always courageous. Semper Fi, or Fi, Fi. is the the Marines. Marines. He got this wrong on Tony Vember Part (laughs) 2. No kidding. (laughs) Number five. I thought I I said Semper Fudge. I'm pretty sure I said Semper Fudge. (laughs) At which point you told him to relax. (laughs) (laughs) Number five. Yale could use an airport. Finally, I attend the new Bev once a month for a screening. As I know you're big fans of their seasonal t-shirts, just direct message me your desired shirt size and I shall oblige. Oh, my God. I am a big fan of their seasonal t-shirts. My best to you and the gang in the interim, Cody Downs. Thank you so much, Cody. Oh, my gosh. We we love you, Cody. Cody Cody Downs is the only person allowed to criticize us because he gives us stuff. If you send us things, you can criticize us. Cody Downs to the Paradise City. Yep. Cody Party Downs. Uh, a letter and message and a package from Cody Downs. Now yeah. I feel like I, I'm really That's part a, of the that podcast. That looks like a giant beer. 
Yeah, now that there's extra wrapping around the beers and stuff too, so like more work, this more work be to be done. This will be the first beer I drink when I stop not drinking. Aw. Well, you got when that you go, when you fall off the wagon. Oh shit! Wait, no, this will be the boy. first one. Oh, a beer bottle. Enjoy by the first January first, twenty twenty three. That's just the name of the oh, beer. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> this beer is expired. It was it's a new bi- it's year's Billy beer. beer. <laughs> <It'll> Billy beer. <laughs> and then there's more beer. Can I have the packing peanuts? What? <sighs> They're falling out. What do you chew on them? They're delicious. Try to quit smoking. <laughs> Try to quit smoking over here. Is that what people do? I don't know, oh, no. I want even more microplastics. Bit. Is that what people do? Is I shove a bunch of fucking peanuts in my mouth? <laughs> I think that ingesting microplastics are like the spice, and eventually my eyes will turn blue, and I'll be able to like transport. Things through time or whatever. Yeah, happens. sure, we can do that. We'll put them in the fridge in the in my. Okay. All right, let's keep vamping. Let's vamp. Yeah. Uh, that was really sweet. Thank you so much, Cody. Um, but yeah, one from the heart's really good. So I'm still, we're, we're still, gonna be talking we're still about, in a fight about it. We're gonna be talking about a a couple episode on an upcoming or a couple of movie on an upcoming Patreon episode. I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil it. Don't spoil it. But it's great. Am I on it or is it Kevin? That's a, that's a Kevin one right there. Kevin's mostly Patreon boy. Kevin Clark, Patreon boy. Patreon boy. <laughs> sharing all of his adventures. Ooh, these look, these beers look really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I do believe we get we get one or, or those. Yeah, you guys. Right? Yeah. Like As per Cody's. You guys want to oh. open them now? There's another beer in there. And then I get the special one. I know. I know, but I'm saying I I get this special one and one of the orange ones, but also I'm not going to drink them today. Well, that's all I got right now, so (laughs) the promise of these beers on February 1st. Actually, I'm stopping um, Dry January on January 28th because me and my friend Eleanor are having a ham party where we make make ham. We're going to make a ham and have a bunch of sides. You're going ham. You're going to brine it and everything? I don't know, probably. Wow. One of our favorite, uh, I guess she's a chef. I don't know, Allison Roman. Do you know who mm-hmm. she is? No. So she always has these newsletters, and there was one uh, where she talks about how to make a good ham and how to throw a ham party. So we're going to do that January 28th. And that then that is I when I shall wrap up my dry January. Three days earlier is fine. All yeah, right. That's fine. Good enough. That's fun. Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing dry January and no nut November at the same time. I hate I'm, it. I'm so. doing all of it, but but just because I'm a loser, uh, it's not like on purpose or anything. You gotta like call that. it a dry nut. I'm drinking. I'm drinking a lot. So fucking I'm drinking gross. a lot in January and doing no nut January because I'm single. Matt is drinking. Uh, wet, wet Matt's drinking no for me January. this January, so he's drinking as much as he would drink and as much as I would drink. I'm gonna open this Latitude 33 Blood Orange IPA right now and see how it tastes like. Oh wow. Taste test. All right. So it's a particularly slender can. Oh, yeah. It's like big dick-sized can. Yeah. That can has big dick energy for sure. BDE. Not like me. I have medium dick energy. (laughs) I have regular dick energy. Just average dick energy. ADE. ADE. Matt has AIDS. Yeah, it's pretty good. I have AIDS now? (laughs) Jesus. Average dick energy. Oh. Ads. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again, Cody. Thanks, Cody. Thank you. This is crisp uh, and refreshing. Thanks to thanks to everyone for being listeners, even though the vast majority of you guys don't send us jack shit. Uh, Still waiting for our Starka from Steve Carlson. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, speaking of uh, Jack, speaking shit. of Jack, Jack shit. shit, yeah, there we go. We've got a diabolical run of absolute garbage <laughs> movies for you today. This one, this one broke Matt. This one, dude, this one was to tough to do. Yeah, for me, uh, this one's it was called... Travis's idea. You've been wanting to do this for a while. I've been bleeding for this caper. It's you have been bleeding for this caper. It's called Mal Pacino. Yes, Mal Pacino. Three terrible films starring Al Pacino. Now, Mal Pacino was. What we settled on for the title, but I think we should talk about some of our other choices because we went back and forth on this for a little while. Yeah, and I was the champion. You were you were the champion. Our, the great Will Goss suggested, and for a while this was my top I choice. I beat Will Goss. You beat Will Goss. Yeah, um, he conceded. He conceded defeat on this one. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this was my Very preferred choice until you came up with Mal Pacino, and it was Dunkachino. 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 Uh, we Be- also considered Pacino nose. Yeah, Pacino knows a, a antecedent to our Tarantino knows episode. Yeah. That I, we did. I mean, I like all of I these. Like that. Yeah, that would have been. You fun. had what other ones did you have? There's a lot of like we had like Al- Alcoholics Al- Anonymous. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do with Al. I briefly Al- considered Al- with I didn't discuss it with you guys, but I briefly considered because this is our first episode of the new year to call it Al Lang Sign. Al Lang Sign. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of good. This is like the, some of them. There's some of them episodes that we have where we're just sort of like. I, I got fucking nothing. Yeah. Can we settle on something. But Al, you can do There's a lot. And we, a the lot. next episode we do is going to have the same shtick. We're going to have a, a wealth, a, a cornucopia, oh, a, a veritable horde possibly, of plenty of Possibly choices. even more, like, because yeah. it's going to be so many, like, obvious ones. Yeah, well, yeah. well, we'll let you know at we'll the end of the later. episode. We're going to tease out. We're, oh, this is a yeah. thing that we've been doing lately is teasing out what <laughs> the next episode is going to be. That's fun. <laughs> but today we're, t- we're covering 2000 and... Three. Threes. Three. The Recruit. Oh, God. <laughs> 2007's... 88, 88 minutes, minutes in 2008's Righteous Kill. We were the first people to watch Possibly Righteous Kill. Possibly the only people to ever see Righteous Kill. <laughs> it's the best of the three. Spoiler. It's, you keep in saying my opinion, that. I think it is true. true. It's not really true. It's I think it's true. Tr- They're okay. all equally terrible. No. I, honestly, I don't even think that relatively any of them are better than the others. Righteous Kill's the best, and it's bad. 88 Minutes has, uh, well, in, in, in recent years, kind of taken on a new life as a mild, uh, kind of like bad movie classic. Like, it's turned up a lot God, on like the bad movie so podcast. Boring, uh, I think there's mo- there's definitely moments of it that are worthy of that, but um, but we'll we'll get into that. Uh, the recruit, and I, and I, th- yeah. at the very I mean, least, I, you can you say that, keep that in mind. 88 Minutes and Righteous Kill both do, if they do one thing well, it's wasting uh, an entirely good run of character actors. Oh my Righteous well. Kill, especially, but like 88 minutes also wastes some good character actors too. But the re- but the recruit. What you should learn, and learn it well. <laughs> Nothing is what it seems. His job was to recruit the best. I would like to welcome you here to the CIA special training facility. Those of you who do graduate will be official cover operatives. And then he found someone who was perfect. You graduated top of your class at MIT. You're agile, athletic. I am recruiting you. Would I have to kill anyone? Would you like to? He will trade him. Oh, yeah. Nintendo. He will push him. Reach the parking lot with an asset who intends to have sex with him. You want us to pick up a girl? Five, actually. Looking good. Thanks. He will challenge him. Rule number one. Do not get caught. I love this part. Go, go! Yes! I am a scary judge of talent. And he will bring him into a secret world. Welcome to CIA. Where nothing is what it seems. This is what you trained for. This is the job. Layla? She's a mole, James. More mind games. I don't know. School's out. 
and now allow us to talk about the recruit. That's what we'll start. Um, doesn't really have anything going for no. it at all. Some very workmanlike direction from the uh, the underutilized Roger Donaldson, just totally slumming it here. Roger Donaldson directed motherfucking No, no Way, Way Out. Out. Yeah. And Cocktail and Dante's movies. Peak. Cocktail, Dante's Peak, a, a movie I love, Dante's Peak. Dante's, Dante's Peak is an underrated movie. I'm, I'm still sad that Donaldson never got a Bond movie. He's the, the perfect guy to do a Bond movie. I, think I, so? I can't believe yeah. that, they, that he did No Way Out and they didn't immediately have him do a Bond movie. I mean, movie. maybe they offered it to him and he didn't want to do it. Whatever, I don't know. But I mean, he... Seems like in the 90s, 80s, 90s, like somebody give this guy a Bond movie. Roger Spottiswood got a Bond movie. Fucking sp- they gave it to Spottiswood? They gave it to Spottiswood. They gave it to fucking Spottiswood. Well, the two Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, it's yeah, the very recruit, strange. It, it just sucks. It's so boring. <laughs> but it's not. It's this is, the, this is the thing. 88 minutes and Righteous Kill are technically like worse. As far as yes. the filmmaking is concerned, yes. But this movie is bland. This yes. movie to is it, bland. To its discredit. But this movie is also so cringy, and it's so. It, it I was just like so embarrassed. <laughs> I said earlier, I was so That's... embarrassed for Colin Farrell during his entire CIA training. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Um, Wasn't this written by Kurt Wimmer? Oh, pff, I don't fucking. Know. And yet, of, of you guys. Fame? Uh, all three of these movies uh, tricked me. I am the ideal audience. <laughs> I am the ideal audience for these stupid-ass movies because they get me every time. Well, okay, so Righteous Kill, I wouldn't say that it tricked me, but it was more just like, wait, what? Who cares? I know, I was like, make up your fucking mind. I like, have what? to say, in, in in the case of 88 Minutes and Righteous Kill, they're such bad movies that they could trick you because they're not doing a good job being the kind of movies that they well, are. I mean, so, they're like, in, so they're cheating In Righteous stuff. Kill... You don't feel like you're watching a movie that's building to a twist, and then it's like, actually, it was this was happening. Well, it's kind of like like how in Murder by Numbers, it was like, well, who the fuck cares if it was Ryan Gosling (laughs) or Michael Pitt? Like, that's exactly right. We knew they were. This was both. Their values are the same. Not this psycho. The other psycho. Idiot minutes didn't trick me because I'd seen it before, and the only thing I remembered about it was that character's the killer. So I was just sort of like, well, let's get to the end. Yeah. And, and then, the recruit didn't trick you because uh, you're smart one, and I, have a brain. <laughs> that one I had also seen before, but when I saw it originally in theaters, I was watching it going like, well, obviously Al Pacino is like gaslighting him, otherwise there's no movie. Well, here's the thing. I, I just kept going back and forth. <laughs> I kept being like, maybe he's tricking maybe he's not. Anyways, for you guys who don't understand what we're talking about, let's get into the movie. Yeah. 2003's The Recruit. Really? This, uh, was, this was during a, um, a grim period in... Uh, Colin Farrell's life and an American film where they were trying to make him into a kind of mo- a full-on movie star because mm-hmm. he was hot, and and in my opinion, Colin Farrell is a character actor. Yeah, he and, definitely uh, is. And they were like, he's pretty, right? Have him be pretty, he, like he be did pretty boys. A couple of the best performances this past year. Yeah, he's he's great. And he's cool. I never thought he, he was got hot. A, he's got a weird, and I think he's. He's he has really good eyebrows, good but then he also has like a kind of a baby face. It's he has a confusing look. Also, his hair is insane in this. It's so it's so spite. It's so 2003. Got some product in his hair. He's they're they're doing him up to look hot. He's doing the performance to be. Uh, he's trying his best to be kind of like yeah, I'm a very hot kind of cool his, like, American pops out guy. Like, oh, that's a this I reminded think he does me an of okay uh, American accent. This reminded though. me a bit of Swordfish, where it's like these, these, these super hackers. They they look so good, it's dude. So these hackers, these hot okay, hackers. Okay, when I was their watching around hacking. So we see the first time we kind of see Colin Farrell like doing his hacking is at this like 
Dell convention or like a computer convention or something. Mm-hmm. And he hacks in so that he can like be on all of the TV monitors in the area. And when I saw that and how impressed people were, I was like, this is just like, it's like best buy level hacking. You know yeah, what I he mean? He invented the Chromecast. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> this is like you walking into Best Buy and like there's something playing on all the screens Hack or like you're planet. in front. Hack the planet, buddy. Uh, everyone was very impressed though when he did that at the convention. He inv- yeah, he is like, and he shows up late, so you get, you get to be like, the, "Hey, sorry, I'm late, everybody. First of all, I'm an American, and second of all, uh, here, I was I'm too gonna, busy eating a cheeseburger. Yeah, I slept in a little bit. Now let me just blow How your about fucking that mind. sports team. Yeah, <laughs> we sure like American football in America, right? Where they throw the foot. Yeah, instead of yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That's our football. Uh, but he, he has invented, a, him and his buddies have invented a, a, a thing called Spartacus, and it is SP at sign Articus. It's got to be. Spartacus. And it, in for, and it just allows you to put your face on the thing. Like he's like, look at me. I type under the computer here, and now my face is up on all the different monitors, huh? It's like but when you I- watch something on your laptop, <laughs> but you connect it to your like big screen TV, and yeah. then it shows. It's that he invited it. He invited it. He invented it. What it's- if he? What if he'd showed up at the hacker convention? He's like, all right, guys, watch this. And then he like prints your picture on a cake. <laughs> Dude, that's tight. I would be impressed. No, I'm saying that's cooler. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's way cooler. And that's the thing they could do with the QFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're gonna go really far in, this, in this business, kid. But it's like there's like a, there's like a guy from the CIA who's like, I want to recruit you for the CIA, and then there's a guy from Kroger behind him. <laughs> He's like, Hold on a second here, I got a better offer. <laughs> These sheet cakes are gonna be really huge in the next uh, couple decades. Uh. Yeah, and so everybody's very impressed. He's 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 making his way up in the world. They play a Hoobastank song at one point. Dude, the music <laughs> and all of these movies is so. I don't think I can recognize a Hoobastank song. The odds were one of the were one of the worst. Oh, it's so bad. For music. Um, also, this movie's filmed at least at the beginning with all these like slightly tilted frames to make you like, oh, what? Yeah. This is a little crazy, isn't it? And it's so irritating to me. A purposeful, uh, crooked composition is so annoying to me. Yeah. I don't know. There's nothing. There's nothing quite like it. It's stupid. Roger Donaldson, director of No Way Out, absolutely great. A great movie that you should I watch right now. I haven't seen Apparently it. Apparently, there was no way out of his contract <laughs> to shoot this movie. <laughs> hey. Apparently not. Same with Al Pacino. Uh, but they, so, like, I, I think I think it's kind of interesting that he's this, this thing goes well for him, and he so, he so his career is is on the on the make. This thing works. He's a hot shot. And then Al Pacino like swoops in and is like, "How about instead of making uh, how about <laughs> instead of doing money, some hacking money, you have a shitty fucking job? And we We're can just kill CIA. you. No one will know. It's because his dad was a CIA because guy. He does the dad thing of going, your, your father was a fucking yeah. <laughs> but so Al, Al Pacino. Oh God. Al, in addition to um, like uh, Colin oh. Farrell, Colin Farrell also has bona f- hot guy bona fides and that he's a bartender too. Mm-hmm. He's like a cool bartender. He's like, what can I get you? Do you want to talk about that American football or what? Um, yep, that's what he sounded like. He's like, oh, <laughs> let me uh, let me show you something, kid. Give and me a, give me a slow gin fizz. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> give me a sex on the beach, kid. Maybe an adios, motherfucker. Your father liked a fuzzy navel. Your father liked a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> he was a fucking lush. Give me a sea breeze. <laughs> Just give me bitters and uh, soda give water. Give me some bitters and soda. It's dry I'm not January. Gonna, I'm not going to tip you. I'm not going to no tip you. No nut November and dry January all in one for <laughs> dry me. Dry nut November. Yeah. He said Al Pacino would have a hard time with no nut November in 88 minutes, but we'll talk about it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Anyways, uh, he, he shows seconds. up. At, he shows up at his bar and he he does a newspaper trick for him, like a, a magic trick, a literal right, yes. like magic trick where he's like, check out this newspaper, kid, and he like tears <laughs> it up a bunch and then like flips it open. And then there's a the whole page and he's like, and that's why you should join the CIA. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? <laughs> well, it's close up magic. Everybody loves that shit. Close up magic for him. If there's one thing I don't like, it's close up magic. <laughs> well, don't tell Tom. Have Cruise. you guys ever I seen like, like far away magic? Have you guys ever seen just like a dude show people magic tricks at like a bar or something? Yes. I'm sure you have. It's embarrassing. It's so. I've seen it on like guys on Tinder dates at it's the bar and so stuff. They're I've like, had hey. People, I've had it when I You've was had younger. Dudes do that to you? had, yeah. <laughs> and I remember I saw one guy do it to another girl and I came up and like, I was like, I like spoiled his magic trick and he got like really <laughs> mad. I remember this was like. 10 years ago probably. you just cock blocked me yeah like sorry, sorry dude no, no one gets hot from a magician like i'm sorry they teach that in uh, don't tell david they teach that in in pickup artist classes that's yes, in that's do. in the like pickup artist do a magic trick stuff. do a magic trick for him. that's neg first that, first okay. neg her there's negging there's like the question or like me and my friend were having an argument about how many what, what are the names of all the oceans oh like a dare or something yeah like, and we can't remember what the name of the my fourth friend ocean dared is. me to t- say hi I don't know I don't know what my friend dared me to say, I'm gonna try that my friend dared me to take some food that. right off your plate <laughs> mm, oh it's disgusting okay if if any guys listening right now are like I don't know like should I try I'm should I try magic? Don't. Don't be a magician unless you're already in a steady, stable relationship. And then if you want to learn magic, you can. But don't learn or, magic thinking you're going to get girls. Because or if the girls girl that you're like into magic. is really into magic and you find that out. And not the card If game. you find out that you're, the girl you're into is really into magic, you better be really fucking good at magic because yeah. chances are she's not going to be easily impressed. Right. If single people aren't allowed to do magic anymore, there's going to be no more magic in the world. Like ma- magic, <laughs> magic ends. There's no more magic in the world. Entirely. Find your own magic. Find something that you're really good that's, at. That's really cool, you know. Find your own Happy magic. Happy 2023. Everybody. Find Esos, your own magic. 2023. Find your own magic. That's Anyways, fantastic. I love it. Magic is annoying. As magic does. Magic is annoying. <laughs> Al Pacino did a magic trick because oh. he's trying to get Colin Farrell to join the farm. Go to the farm. The most important thing to know is that you don't know shit. And that's like the kind of the way that he's. uh, That's like the whole. That's like his whole dialogue in this movie. Everything's a test. He's everything's a test. He's got he's got all his little like uh, mottos and stuff like that that he does. I like this this pitch that he he does too. This is like the stuff that I think when you watch a movie like this, you're supposed to go like that tells you something about Colin Farrell's character, or maybe this is a thing that would appeal to guys like him or something. But he goes like, "So what happens? You get you get a job for big tech. You make two hundred k a year." Wife, point five kids, and that's it. Then you're dead. Love having point five kids, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, people like making money and having point five kids. Yeah, that sounds like that really sounds normal and dead. happy. And like then you're really dead. You Instead, you could go to the farm <laughs> and, and live get, forever. Get waterboarded by me. <laughs> you could get tortured by an old weirdo and make less money, and that's very strange. And then when you die, nobody knows. And they really want him to be in the CIA because of his, like, hacking skills, but also because he majored in nonlinear cryptography. <laughs> and, like, I majored in nonlinear cryptography, and I don't have anyone Did you really major Yeah, but you went to Hollywood upstairs no. cryptography oh, okay. college. No, I didn't fucking major in nonlinear <laughs> cryptography. I majored in film that studies. That would have been an amazing <laughs> detail. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? I just crazy. can't do anything with this it nonlinear cryptology. You guys know what it's like. Um... This is. I also want to point out. This is 2003, of course. 
Very close to 9-11. You don't hear much about it, but you, but you hear like three things where people talk about how the CIA failed this, and this is where- Everything changed like, the towers fell. Like, oh. you want to come work for the CIA? And he goes like, all I know about the CIA is that they're a bunch of fat old white guys who let us down when we needed them the most. Mm. That's the kind of movie this is. Like that line. <laughs> who talks like that? He's yeah. supposed to be like a regular- Criminally implicated <laughs> asshole, CIA. He's supposed nice. to be like a cool FBI, a cool uh, bartender, federal hacker. boob inspectors, it's female boob. female body inspector is what it is. Federal boob inspectors. That's good too. That works. But when I was a little boy, it was female <laughs> it's body. It's probably inspector. female body inspectors. <laughs> <laughs> they still are, really. I mean, so like, so that's that. His real pitch is basically like, your daddy used to be in the CIA, son, and then he's got weird daddy issues. So he's like, I guess I want to follow in my you dad's. Get killed. F- you get killed. Being your daddy. Being your daddy. <laughs> And and so so that's like that's like this weird uh, like thing that you just have to put in the screenplay like the daddy shit it just feels very yeah it doesn't ever come, I've got come to fifteen anything, exotic really. cryptography lessons on Sunset Boulevard Justine sorry the god I'm sorry the goddamn hacking got under oh, uh, hacked <laughs> I don't know why I'm going there <laughs> Al Pacino's name is Walter Burke Walter Burke son. And uh, and he's gonna he's gonna be like the sort of like f- like this is a training day sort of thing. You you brought up spy, it's spy game, game a lot. It's diet spy it's game. Spy game meets training day because at least in spy game he was like in the end his friend, and in this one it's right, it's right. like spoiler yeah. alert. Al Pacino but they're does try- not mean They're well. trying to it, in 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 training day like the relationship is constantly antagonistic between them. Yeah, and in this one they are trying to convince you that. Farrell and Pacino have like some camaraderie, and it worked, and it worked on me. It worked on you. <laughs> <laughs> He's he, well, it looks good on you though. They do a little, <laughs> they do a little father figure thing, and, and that's I guess the where they're aiming for if they're going to trick you. Uh, by least, the end of it. but also with Spy Game and Training Day, like stuff happens in the story, and in this one, God, uh, this I, one is the majority of the story is the. Tr- the, the the training exercises I the guess farm. The, yeah. far, at the, at the farm at the farm where he's, which where is a real like, place yes it is a real place yeah. I didn't know that and I he's and up. he's like sort of paired up with Bridget Moynihan Bridget Moynihan did from she, Coyote did she Ugly marry some football player and retire she married Bobby Moynihan from Saturday Night Live <laughs> Bobby, and he, Bobby and he took Moynihan her <laughs> and he took her name <laughs> uh, she was great in Coyote Ugly though, which is one of my Jack favorite Ryan's wife from Some of All Fears. Yeah, she's one of the many Moynihan's that were just banging around in the uh, in the but, Hollywood uh, for a but while. But like she plays, she's like the 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 tough female recruit, and of course they have some sexual chemistry. Some, well, that 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 leads, that leads to the extremely cringy moment that Emily was alluding to that oh we'll my. that we'll get to eventually. Really? That is There's that is them, di- diabolically embarrassing for every for everyone involved. I think that that moment is supposed to be well. We'll, we'll get to it. But anyways, like, th- there's a really funny moment. Like, th- so he sh- like inexplicably Colin Farrell's like, yeah, all right, the fucking CIA, sure. I have limitless. I invented a dumb app that everybody is impressed by, and I'm a cool bartender. Why not join the CIA <laughs> and just be in like a military style? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I also well, he has I nothing. Also, he has nothing to lose, I guess, because he doesn't have family. He's not in a relationship right now. Doesn't seem to be like he has many friends or anything like that. So he's kind of just like how cool and sure, and he is. whatever. And I, you know, Al Pacino's telling him about, or he's telling him and the whole class about who the best one out of the farm is going to be the knock, who is like basically the best espionage guy, but yeah. also like the most confidential and the one that doesn't even exist to the public. Like if something goes wrong, he'll just disappear or whatever. And, and that checks out. Cause as we know, in mission impossible, they're the, 
Rabbit's foot is the knock list. Or it's the rabbit's foot. Yeah, we hear knock gets thrown around a lot in this sort of stuff. Uh, we get all of that great like CIA jargon, the knocks and the uh, the star, the one star that they give you. Non operative commission. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's 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 just a CIA operative who's like uh, uh, overseas and like you can't blow their cover sort of thing. Yeah, because they don't exist. Because they don't exist, and if they you do you do blow their cover, then they're they're all on, they're on their own like that whole deal. Uh, At one point, I have notes in here that says Pacino's just fucking cover. with them. Not official cover. There you go. Pacino's just fucking with them. What an sob. What is sob? Son of a bitch. Oh right. And so he, I, I, I like this sort of stuff. Oh, uh, Pacino, Pacino is sleepwalking. <laughs> it's sleepwalking through this thing. Through and just this one though. The other two, he's the really. Two. Oh yeah, he's but, uh, but I have to, I have to point out, like these are b- bad, bad movies. But Al Pacino sucks in, in, in them? sleep. Oh. Compared he, to what he he's just been lies on. He just lies back into just his Pacino ness, which is not. It's just it's just Al Pacino. It, it's Al, I ha, well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll just put it this Robert way. Thunder Al Pacino. <laughs> this is that guy. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Uh, he loves the pussy. I believe <laughs> he loves is the this pussy. Song. Yeah. Um, but but Al Pacino. Okay, so Al Pacino um, is sleepwalking through this and is bad in it. But there's a huge chunk of this movie in the, like the last third where he's gone. And in it, it becomes absolutely nothing. True, it's absolutely mm-hmm. a zero. And then Al Pacino comes back. Like, oh, thank God! He's the only thing. He's kind of like he's bad in it, and the only thing it's got going. Yeah, for it. it's not. It's like Devil's Advocate, except that's a way better movie. But it's the <laughs> yeah. same sort of syndrome that's where it's true. like the parts where Al Pacino's not on screen, you should be going like, "Where's Poochie?" And you, abs- yeah. you absolutely are. Like your 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 eyes start drooping when he's gone, <laughs> yeah. and, like, and then he'll come back, and we're t- and he looks bored. Yeah, but it's he's, still, and he doesn't get to do like a Devil's Advocate like shtick at the end either. He does. It's just not very good. I mean, it's just right. kind of like. He no. doesn't go like, oh, I've got so many names. You know, he's not doing his whole thing. Time, <laughs> time for me to start doing my screaming thing yeah. about stuff. And But it's not as nearly. I mean, the, the shit in Devil's Advocate is so, there's so much of it. Oh, so much better. It's incredible. This is going to sound stupid. Maybe maybe you'll think this is funny. But when I was watching this movie, toward, towards the end when he's like shuffling back onto the, the stage of this movie, I was like, what if it was Neil Hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> like he's got, he's got like the three drinks, <laughs> and he's just like screaming at people. Uh, oh, you stupid idiot! Madonna yeah, exactly. was looking for a. <laughs> Why does ET like Reese's Pieces so much? <laughs> what did Lady Gaga say? Oh, whatever. <laughs> no young. <laughs> anyway. Oh man, this is this Al Pacino episode is gonna shred my voice. Oh no! Oh, yeah, God I, damn it! Sounds like oh, it. Oh, Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca. Uh, we gotta get the Millennium Falcon off this space station. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't sound like that. It's gotta get the Millennium impression. Falcon out of here, son. Never tell me the odds, 3PO. <laughs> Was he supposed to be Han Solo? <laughs> no, but wouldn't that have been funny? Sure. Of course it would. Just a really short Han Solo. I uh, love you, Han. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, baby. Come here. Give me a little kiss. Come on, baby. <laughs> Um, uh, should, we should you should do the rest as young Pacino because yours is really good. <laughs> that's that's the only one that I got. Um, oh no! Oh no! Come on, baby. Uh, but there, I hate a, all of it. <laughs> this is yeah, the you whole signed, episode. You, you knew when you signed up, baby. <laughs> you knew when you signed up with us, baby. Oh God. Um, but th- this is there's a really funny part in this where like like there because all the like teachers are watching all the students like through cameras and oh, through two way mirrors oh all the time and stuff. But there's one part when like Al Pacino because Al Pacino's kind of in charge and then he has like underlings. 
And at one point, uh, one of the one of his underlings who works at the CIA is like talking about how much of a legend he is in the game, and he goes like, "You don't know about Walter Burke," and he's talking about it in front of Walter Burke, and he goes, "There's this one time in uh, 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 some Middle Eastern <laughs> town <laughs> where where he sees a lady." He sees a lady walking with a stroller, but he notices that the stroller is, like, hanging down a little hanging bit. And low. so without even asking any questions, he blows this old lady right out of her shoes. <laughs> Turns out she was Hamas. And he goes, Abu Nadal, or whatever. It's, like, some other thing. But that, that's a thing that Al Pacino did What if it was point. just, like, two babies or, like, a fat baby? Ma'am, but it wasn't. ma'am, it was full of cans. It was cans, ma'am. It was full of cans, ma'am. ma'am cans, cans, ma'am. <laughs> but, but it wasn't, He's because he's that good. Or maybe that's the story they told. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, like, yeah. Uh, was Hamas. She was, she was uh, Hamas or Abu Nidal. I don't know. She was uh, Abu Nidal. <laughs> For sure. Hezbollah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then, there's, there's also a part that I really liked where um, where he gets up. I really liked. That's a weird way of putting it. <laughs> Travis I fucking loved, loved this part. He won't <laughs> stop talking about it. But he gets up in front of the students. And he's like, why don't you join the CIA, everybody? Uh, like it ain't for the money and stuff like that. Yeah, he he's, he he actually does does this whole speech where he's like, "It ain't for the money. We don't we make like five dollars an hour. It's minimum wage. No bennies. Minimum wage in Virginia, no less. It's not tipped. There's no tips allowed. I collect the tips. <laughs> you guys, you don't get laid. These voices ain't insane. no pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh. is, this is a very similar speech that uh, that uh, one of our when I was a lineman in high school football, and uh, and our coach was like <laughs> made this speech to us. He was like, "So you guys are linemen, and why are you, you doing mean like this? a lineman for the county? You travel the main road? <laughs> yeah, we were different. Working on a chain gang. <laughs> no, nah, that's telephone poles. Oh, anyway. telephone. No, we were offensive linemen. And he's like. So you're offensive lineman. We all in you. Why? So why are you offensive lineman? Like you don't like the girls don't like you. Nobody pays attention to what you guys are doing. Jesus. Uh, you have to work the hardest for the least amount of reward. Anyways, let's get to work. And he never did like the thing where he goes like, "Here's why." <laughs> he just <laughs> he didn't, like, made you guys he feel like go, fucking losers. But <laughs> he forgot to do that part of his speech, and we were all just looking at each other, going like, "Oh, I guess this just sucks." So <laughs> why are we linemen? <laughs> Anyhow, get everyone to work. gets a new car, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's just nothing. But then at the end of this one, he goes, "Because yeah, our cause is just or whatever, you know that whole thing." Yeah, he does do a whole thing about how America is going to like America's save good. the world, and, you know, and you're like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> the the movies. Perspective is so is it also bland. Have one. It, it's it, yeah, it's like completely. <laughs> it's 2003. A, it's like apolitical. It's, it's like yep. It's just like American spies, and and like they do they do all, all almost all spy movies, especially in the last like 20 or so years, do this like moral hand wringing about how the craft of of spying is like morally ambiguous. You know, like. It's like be duh. Be, it's like yes, of course it is. Duh, you're spying. <laughs> you're spying. What? That's that's what they've been saying about the the spycraft since they started writing uh, books about it. Yeah. However many hundreds of years ago. I knew that when I was like six, watching Harriet the Spy. <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck? That, I that, the spy. that bitch was up to some shit. That too. episode yeah, where Harriet the Spy gets her finger, fingernails pulled out of, out of her hand. Well, the part All of the, en- the part at like the her. end where she's like in she's like in the twin towers when when the plane hits oh, and Harriet's wow. like, oh no, I've it's like what have I done? Yeah, it's like, I know. Right yeah. next to Robert. Pattinson. Sewing, yes. Reaping, not so much. <laughs> Oh, man. Ethically ambiguous at best. 
Um, so there's a bunch of different little tests that they go through, and this is just excruciating to watch. And the first one is they, they Pacino's like, we're all going to the bar. Did I do a good job? Yeah, ah, that was good. We're that's all great. going to the bar. We're all going to TGI Fridays. Cause <laughs> outside. They so, got big margaritas and free Yeah, apps. I don't know how you guys do that voice, because that already hurts my throat. Oh, I'm just not the bar for cocktails. So they take You should they see take me do my golem. Should I? <laughs> Should I? Um, they take, he takes them to this bar, and the the goal for the guys, he's like, "You guys each have to pick up one girl." Yeah. Like, oh, come on, you guys have to each pick up one girl at a Chili's on a Thursday. Ooh, <laughs> and shouldn't be hard. So they go, and Pam from the office is there. <laughs> <laughs> the office ladies. You gotta pick up one of the office ladies. They go, and I keep wanting to say Will Ferrell. <laughs> it's Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. <laughs> Get off of the shed. Colin Farrell sees like this girl, and he's like, "Oh, it's gonna be easy." But then he also sees Layla from from CIA class. <laughs> like, he, he runs some some more like game game at her, where he's like, "I just got out of jail, and uh, I'm looking to uh, really, uh, you know, what I want to do now." Yeah, but then he I sees... just got out of jail, and I want to watch some American football. <laughs> that was American jail, and then and he I want to have Layla an American across, hamburger across the room, and she's all drunk, and she's like, "I had too much tequila. They let me go. I didn't make it to the next round." And he's like, "Oh no!" And he's like, "You can tell he like really likes her." Mm-hmm. And there's chemistry, and he's like, "Well, let and me take you And also that she's home. faking it and running a, a game on him. Because <laughs> what else would be happening? Yeah. I thought she was just drunk, and she got kicked out of the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> what movie were we watching? You guys. I was like, oh, it sucks to be her. Uh, <laughs> well, she does have to bone Colin Farrell in his <laughs> 90s product mode. And then they, she goes outside, and she's like, I just want to kiss you. And he's like, oh, I just got to get you in the car, whatever. And then... Uh, Al Pacino's just like waiting out there and is like, ha, <laughs> and then uh, it was her mission to stop him from his mission. So he just, she just like embarrassed him. Never trust anyone, son. And Everything I was embarrassed for him. And I was like, well, great. I told you you wouldn't get any dumb. pussy. Yeah. And then that's, the next that's, that's, It's one of those things where everything's a test, never trust yeah. anyone. Yeah, yeah. And then they, the next they test, they do like a lie detector thing where they're showing how this lie detectors work. Blah. And they make. Colin Farrell asks questions to Layla while she's in the lie detector test, and he's like, the other night, do, do we have chemistry? Like, did you want to fuck me and stuff? And it's, like, so embarrassing and so he cringy. Pushes it. He pushes Not appropriate. It's bad It's bad enough at first where he goes, like, did you want to have sex with me? And she's like, whatever, and doesn't answer. But and then, then he goes, did you want to have sex with me? Yes or no? And she's just going, and, you, and it's embarrassing for everybody. It's not oh, only yeah, embarrassing yeah. just in the terms of the movie that you're watching, like just a terrible scene, but like I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you there are many, many women who have had that experience where like a guy that they went out with one time runs into them and it's like, hey. Did you want to, did, did, we, you, did you like me? Uh, did you, you liked me, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Give me a, one good reason why you didn't fuck me. You like, do want to fuck. That's why you don't give like me. Give me one you good me. reason. Yeah. I can tell you. I can tell you want to fuck me. It's because you don't like me <laughs> at all, and that's why. You know, right. Like that kind of bullshit. There's a lot of weird incel pickup culture going throughout this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. For sure. Uh, it's almost certainly written by some gross, <laughs> gross dude. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> so just to further to further along the whole nothing is what it seems sort of thing that this movie is aiming for. The next the next step, um, oh, they God. both get, they both get kidnapped, because um, at, at a certain point they they are at the farm, which is in America. But like at one point, Al Pacino's like, "See that guy over there? He's one of the bad guys that following us." So yeah. you, like, keep in mind we are we are going to be CIA and they're trying to get us. And so like some people grab Colin Farrell and which the Monahan lady. The Moynihan. Bobby the Moynihan. 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 <laughs> Bobby Moynihan. 
lady and dra- into a van, and then he's in a cell. And uh, it's a guy that I kind of recognize doing the torturing. Do you know the bald dude who was like torturing him? Do you remember who that is? Some guy, who cares? You'd recognize yeah, he him. has a cheeseburger, and he's like. Any country who, after they got McDonald's, hasn't attacked the United States or something like that. Yes. You realize that no country with a McDonald's has ever attacked the U.S.? Not a true thing. People, that's that's like one of those things that people say. It's not true. Absolutely Is it not true? Horseshit. No, it's not true. It's absolutely that, horseshit. But, uh, but everybody does, everybody I mean, does swallow eight spiders in their sleep <laughs> in their lifetime. I believe that. That's true. The eight, it's eight. You eight, eight. You, it's eight spiders. Yeah. And if a spider comes up to your mouth and is the ninth spider, they know that, that, that there's They're not allowed in the door they guy. They can't go in. Um, but yeah, so he's in the cell, and they're torturing him. Like, they're punching him and stuff. Is there any other kind of... They're not, like, waterboarding him or anything Fuck, like man, that. man, I watched this on Monday. I don't remember. They're not, like, ripping his fingernails out or anything like that. But at one point, the guy <clears> comes <throat> in, and he's got, supposedly, Bridget Moynihan... Bridget Moynihan? Yes. Pants. <laughs> and she throws it at me like, she pissed her pants when we killed her. Dude, take a whiff uh, of that piss. Oh, my God. And he fucking smells her pee pants. <laughs> I died. I, like, got up and walked away and came back. It was so, I was this mortified. Was I was I was like, he's going to smell it. He's going to smell it. And he does. He smells the pee, the pee pants. Because this, like, this is like that part in the game where that guy pees his pants, who's, like, just in on the game, like, right. who's on the ground and pisses his pants. So somebody, did somebody pee just, like, Pee on the pants? Yeah, Maybe she pissed or did the they pants. have a jar of it that they just pour, poured on the pants to prepare them for him? Because uh, this is fake. And then, you guys, after he <laughs> smells the pee pants, he, he's finally like, I'll give you a name. Burke. Walter Burke. And then they, like, drop... <laughs> Like they're fucking filming a movie, which I, they are. They like drop the like fourth wall down. <laughs> no, it's totally like the beginning of the last Mission Impossible movie where the walls all come apart, and it's just like. <laughs> and then it's like it was all it was all a ruse. That part in R- Return of the Jedi, where <laughs> <laughs> she takes Han out of the freeze, and then, then like a curtain drops, and her Chupa, or and uh, Jabba the Hutt's there. Oh no, it's Jabba oh, the Hutt. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I got away from him in the deep freeze. And Bridget Moynihan is there, and she just watched him on video sniff her her alleged pee pants. <laughs> and he's crying. Oh, uh, and I'm crying. We're all <laughs> so, crying. So, no, I'm so embarrassed. And Maggie laughed. She's and such Maggie a little laughed. trooper. She's such a little trooper. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so and then it just cuts to him. He's like, "Sorry, son. <laughs> How's your skin? Yeah, yeah, you ain't made for this <laughs> or whatever." Yeah. And then. Um, I like my recruits to be presentable. This this is my, one of my favorite parts. So now so now he's on washout lane. You keep saying your favorite parts of this piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you said that like six times of your different favorite parts of this movie. I think you really liked it. There, there, and that's okay. It, is it though? No. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure it is. <laughs> that's okay, Travis. We support <laughs> I'm you. I'm not sure that's okay. We can't tolerate everything. Um but he uh, he's on Washout Lane, and so he like he's bummed out about failing himself and America or whatever. Drinking a bunch of little this airplane. This is very shooters. funny. He he is he's in a instead bathtub. Of, instead of buying just a bottle of alcohol, he has like he's got he's got three empty bottles of air of airline booze and like a regular bottle of booze that he's now moved. He's like a variety of different sizes of booze bottles. <laughs> he's in the bathtub, but probably a Hoobastank song is playing. <laughs> and uh, and then at a certain point, it's tub thumping by Chumbawamba. <laughs> and then at a certain point, he's on the he's back he's in the on the bed of the hotel room, facing forward, watching the Man Show. Very cool. With, with girls uh, on trampolines. With Jimmy Kimmel. No, but it's there. It's a Man Show segment about man pawns that are like tampons for men. 
This what is a thing wait. That what did they fucking do? do? I, I well, I didn't get enough. Maybe it was like a comedy segment. They, it's like a real. thing. I think it's because your ass is wet because your ass has been sweating. Oh my I'm gonna God. just post this clip. I think. Am um, I about to Google man puns? Yeah, man puns. Yeah, see what you get. The man. The man show was a great, great show. Mm. Uh, absolutely. Adam Carolla still still a stellar <laughs> talent. Just a bright, a shining, shining bright in the sky. He doesn't care whose toes he steps up. No, he doesn't. Yeah, Nobody true soldier for freedom of speech. God bless him. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's their that's their cl- legendary bit about man pawns that uh, that uh, Colin Farrell is watching in the Ew. movie Recruit. And then Al Pacino comes back and he's like, ha, 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 ha. "Just kidding, son. You're actually the knock. Uh, that was all a test. I wanted to see if you'd watch the Man Show. <laughs> and you and, did. Uh, and you we passed. saw that you were, and you, you passed failed. the test. Um, and he's like, now." Uh, uh, Bridget Moynihan is the bad guy, it turns out. And this has all been part of an op. You are... She's the mole. She's the mole. You are the knock. Now, so now you have to, like, we're going to give you a job at at the CIA, like a loser job like th- th- that we give to the losers. Yeah, you have to get close to her to find out as much information as possible. So, like, work off the chemistry you guys clearly had when I made you guys embarrass each other. And uh, so he he's like, okay. So he, like, follows her around and, like shows up at cafes there's one part where he's like he's fucking reading Kurt Vonnegut and she's like what are you reading and he like shows her like Slaughterhouse Five and she's like huh any good it's like dude do you not fucking know like like, even if you haven't read it you'll be like oh it's good it's it's Slaughterhouse Five that's so stupid it's like what are you reading it's Crime and Punishment she's like oh what's that (laughs) worth a read what's a book I don't know Whatever. We lost steam on this. Red, uh, red wall, huh? <laughs> How's that? Banicula? It's great. Dude, Banicula. Banicula's good, yeah. It's Hot scary. Man. It's real scary. I'm afraid Banicula's going to come suck the orange out of me. Orange out of me. The orange? He's going to suck the orange out of me. That's what Fucking Banicula. Banicula. See, fucking Banicula got me. You watch, did you watch that new Banshees movie yet? No, I heard it's... Fucking good. Yeah. He's going to win Best Actor for it, I think. Wow, that would be cool. He's great in it. I'd love to see that. Uh, he was very exciting when he first dropped, and then and then there was like an eight-year period where everyone was like, well, Colin Farrell, a, the got, movie star, right? He got right? trouble. You know, he, got, he was drunk, and he was on a lot of drugs and stuff. And he's he like, Irish. He cleaned up his act, and now he's like, you know, everybody He did a bunch him. of really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always thought... I mean, he was in... He'd be in like bit parts in indie movies even during this time when he was trying to be a movie star and, and you'd get these little little snippets of like oh that's right Colin Farrell's a really exciting actor when he when he's gets the right stuff he's not just trying to be like a hunky guy yeah I and when he's not being Alexander the Great I mean I have the same problem <laughs> that's classic Matt to yeah. a T right there always trying to be hunky yeah, you gotta. You're you're more of an intellectual and more of an interesting. Stop intellectual trying to be so guy. hunky. Focus on that. Matt. Well, I mean, Stop girls trying. think I'm hunky. It's the chiseled body. It's the. It's yeah. gotta be. It's and the, Matt doesn't even do anything to maintain it's it. It's the he upright just, posture. It's that just I have. genetics. <laughs> <laughs> Dude stands up on both legs. Uh huh. It's incredible. Walks Stand, forward. Always can standing w- and walking. Could probably walk backwards if he wanted to. Yeah. Breathing in, I mean, breathing I, out. Yeah, I could, but I don't wanna. Yeah, he doesn't do it. He could, but you and you can tell. Breathing in and out. Sometimes I lean. Oh, like, like he's I'm doing it. Right he's right doing now. it right now. And frankly, I'm having a hard time not coming across that table right now. <laughs> I can't even look at him. <laughs> Just coming across the whole table. Ew. <laughs> Travis, you know it's no nut November, January. I, that's why I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but it's hard. I'm just. I bet it is. Oh come on now. And so forth. <laughs> we are on fire. 
Anyways, um, uh, as like <clears throat> so this is the period of time, the aforementioned period of time that we were talking about, where of course Al So this is just Colin Farrell and Bridget Monahan, like doing skullduggery against each other, and Al Pacino is barely in it at all, and you're like, it's so hard to keep your eyes open mm-hmm. and keep watching. And frankly, you don't really have to. It's not really necessary, because of course this is all just a bunch of horse shit. At a certain at a certain point, an- another guy like shows up, and you get this really long foot chase. Do you remember this? I mean, I'm trying to forget it's it. It's so t- it's like st- a-, a big long action scene shot by a person, shot by people who have no interest in doing it. Like an action scene indifferently done is so tedious and hard to watch. And it- and it this is it's like eight minutes long, and then there's a really tedious long car chase scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is rough. We didn't even. Is this the car- we oh, there's the car chase. Gabriel Mock's character, who's like the other spy. Yes, is he the one that Colin Farrell maybe he's, kills? Yeah, he's like the guy who's like the oh, competition. Zach? Yeah, Zach. Oh, who, from Zach? Uh, what's he from? Oh, wow. he, you might remember him from such films as The Spirit. Is oh. he from? Uh, Isn't there a hunky guy from some TV show? Is he from the OC? Is from the OC, a... guy from the OC. Is that him? I think, isn't it? I thought it was, and then I never checked. Why am I just Googling Zach? Am well, I insane? wasn't an OC guy, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Either way. Um, <coughs> I'm going to look it up, you guys. It's this probably uh, Luke from the OC. Let's see here. This is the confusion that happens. In co- and the, 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 the foot chase, Colin Farrell, basically Colin Farrell thinks he's the one spying on people. They're the ones that think they're spying on him because Al Pacino's turned everybody against everybody. Because, of course, Al Pacino... Not particularly passionately, but three times during this movie has, has said, like, they don't pay us very much over here at the CIA. They're not going to give you, you know, you're not going to get any accolades for what you do. We don't We don't get anything. And you, and you kind of feel like this is just a thing that's part of his spiel. But it turns out this bothers him yeah. and has been bothering him, presumably, for many, many years at this point. Because he's been in this game for 27 years, and he decided he wanted $3 million. $3 million to run this whole game. Yep. Uh, and so he's, t- this, this is all just a, a means of him to get this, like, s- oh, it's Ice Nine. Yeah. What's it, what's that based on? It's based on Ice Nine from Cat's it's Cradle. Cat's yes. Cradle. The, More the, Kurt Vonnegut. The Kurt Vonnegut. Um, <laughs> so he wasn't actually on the OC. He was in a TV, the big TV show he was in was Suits, which I don't even know about. Uh, Suits. Which came after this. Yeah. Is that the show that Meghan Markle was on? He was on one episode of Beverly Hills 90210 and 91, and that's... It's a I show don't know. Meghan Markle is on, right? I guess. Who I don't know who that is. Short- you don't know Meghan Markle. I know is? who that is, but I don't know anything. Like, there's God. all the, they're all everybody's talking about them all the time now. And yes, I don't know why. She was an ambitious paralegal, Rachel yeah. Zane. You have to you have to be ha- have some other knowledge of this royal stuff. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with matters. that. I don't yeah. know who. I mean, I know who she is, but that's watch all I know. Watch documentary on Netflix. I'm not going to do if that. You want, follow, I'm just saying if you want Canadians to know, it's easy to just watch it. I don't. I don't want to do that. Yeah, who cares? It's very boring. But anyway, but either way. Um, so at, at a certain point, like this is when when Al Pacino finally comes Let's back the into end. the game again. Yeah, I'm, and I'm this tired. Is, it's all it's all building up to. Th- I, I swear to God, there's a half hour chunk that just doesn't matter at all, and is all, the most. By the way, thing all three the of these movies, I stopped. I paused the movie to see how much time was left, and, and I was then like, never there's came a half back. an hour left in this. And none of them are that long. <laughs> They're none all a little under two. But yeah, yeah, none all, of them yes. hit two, but they all seem like three. Yeah, but all should be seventy-five. And max. yes, all should be seventy-five. Um, well, with one exception. <laughs> so Colin Farrell uh, uh, kills a guy, and then f- and then like runs Moynihan's car off the road, and she's like, and he's like, "You're the spy," and she's like, "You're the spy," and he's like, "Wait a minute, huh? Wait, if and you're then, the, if you're not the spy, and I'm not the spy." 
What the hell's going on here? What the hell's going on here? What the fucking hell's going on here? What the going on here? That's high tide. And uh, he confronts uh, Al Pacino in a warehouse. They're in a warehouse, so you know that, that, you you gotta know that be. it's like, this you is the climax of the movie. Warehouse. You gotta be in a warehouse. Meet me at the warehouse, son. Meet me at the warehouse. Meet me at the warehouse. Oh, wait, we forgot the time that uh, Al Pacino was like, uh, <laughs> the best breakfast burritos in the city are at the Iwo Jima Memorial. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Anyways, so uh, Colin Farrell's trying to upload the Ice-9 to his uh, Spartacus app to run it through all the computers so that it could go back to the the legit CIA people so they can like see it or something like that. But it's not working, so he bluffs. He he says it's working, and he shows like this little... Or him and Al Pacino have a thing. I don't fucking know. Okay, so uh, so he confronts Al Pacino. <laughs> he conf- he fu- he, like at first he confronts Al Pacino in his car and he points a gun at him and Al Pacino spills his coffee all over his pants. He goes, "My dick's on fire," and that's the thing that really happens. And then he, you gotta let me change my pants, son. And then he's like, "You don't understand what's happening." Blah blah blah. Um, eventually, it adds up to this climax at this warehouse where Al Pacino is is now just going to try to kill Colin Farrell because Colin, Fer- Colin Farrell's figured the whole thing out. And he's doing f- classic villain stuff where he's explaining the whole reason why he's doing everything. Like, CIA never said thank you to me, and so now I want $3 million. And, uh, and he's doing the whole speech. And he and he he just like outlays it all, and then it is. And I think even during this time, he goes, "Your father wasn't nothing. He wasn't CIA. He was a fucking oil man. Who gives a shit about your dumb daddy?" And he's like, "Oh man, that hurts my feeling." <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Don't say his name." And he like didn't. He just said, "Dad." <laughs> like he didn't. He didn't say his name. And then and then he goes. Uh, and then he 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 just goes like, ah, this is all the things that I did. Here's proof that I did it. I'm laying it all out for you. And then Colin Farrell goes, we'll, we'll get a load of this, and like pulls the curtain back or something, and it shows the computer that's been recording, and somehow it s- says that it's been sending the image out. And then you see the 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 flashing lights at the FBI, and he's like, oh man, they got me. Now it's time for me to really make a big speech. And he goes out. Yeah. He's like and, on a loading dock at the warehouse, and, and it's him standing next to Colin Farrell. They both like Colin Farrell has his hands up. Al Pacino doesn't notice that they all have their like red dots pointed at Colin Farrell yeah. instead of him, and he's like, "Oh, you motherfuckers! Yeah, I did it. I did this and I did that. Here, yeah, detailed files displaying that I am guilty. In fact, I have all the evidence. You know, like that end of that that Bob yeah. sideshow Bob Roberts episode. Yeah, yeah. He's got Bob's fraud log, <laughs> on. Bob's fraud log, and all that kind of shit." And then uh, this really funny. No truth handler, you. It's really funny. My favorite part, yeah. uh, <laughs> where like one of the guys is listening, one of the like the CIA guys is listening to him say all this stuff, and he keeps on going, Jesus Christ, <laughs> because they're not there to bust Al Pacino. Colin Farrell was not sending that thing out. I guess they're just there to get Colin Farrell. And Colin Farrell's whole plan re- hoped relied on Al Pacino. Like, well, once he sees the. This and then the then he'll the sirens. Then he'll it. just start screaming his guilt because he's dumb. I don't know. It and, all makes uh, sense. Now. And so they all their laser pointers like move over to Al Pacino, <laughs> and he like looks over at Colin Farrell with c- kind of one of those rueful sort of like bad guy to good guy like winks, sort of like you got me. Yeah. Looks like the teacher has become the teached or something. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, everything's a game, huh? Huh, Burke? I guess so, son. 
a little little moment between us here. And now I'm going to suicide by cop. And then he suicides by cop. He points his gun at them. They all mow him down. Yeah. And uh, and then I think the movie ends with Colin Farrell going up to that wall of st- of nameless stars. Yeah, it's a, he walks out the door. And then, and <laughs> walks out. And, it, and yeah. it's supposed to be like, is this like a tribute to the people who <laughs> fell it in is. service to the CIA? It like knock. fades out on a star, on like a CIA nameless star. Like, knock, knock. This was dedicated knock, to the knock. brave. Knock, knock. My new show, Knock, Knock. It's all about <laughs> knocks. <laughs> that would be great. It's a hard knock life. School of hard knocks. School of hard knocks. Oh my God, there's so many things. Well, no, that's it. That's all of them. Um, <laughs> knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. <laughs> because I can't stress enough, 2003, like these, the, the few years, like after 9/11, everybody was just being so so safe as knocking on heaven's door, so safe and boring <laughs> about this shit. Um, but that's it. That's the fucking recruit. Gotta don't knock until you try it. Don't knock. Don't knock until you try it. it. There it is. You want to keep going? Uh, <laughs> I think I ran out. <laughs> this is uh. This is like uh, this is tor- towards the end where where uh, Colin Farrell is like trying to get him to say more about his plan. Say more about your plan. <laughs> uh, wh- why this and who how and he goes like, oh how why when you're like a bunch of baby birds with your beaks open waiting for me to vomit out answers. God, uh, God, I hate this movie so much. Yeah, I'm down to not think about this movie after this podcast. This is this is a part that also kind of that uh, that also was just like well, where uh, Colin Farrell's working for this for this like um, pencil necked, uh, bald headed loser at the pencil at the CIA. Neck. He's pencil necked, and uh, and he gives him like a CIA uh, lanyard with like the CIA logo on it, uh-huh. and he goes, <laughs> "That little logo definitely gets you laid." Ooh, Republican girls. Mm, hot. <laughs> Nasty. <God. laughs> Gross. Au contraire. <laughs> our cause is just our enemies everywhere. Uh, A bad man. <laughs> I think Take that's a flamethrower to this place. <laughs> I think we're just randomly out of fucking nowhere. Just uh, because we covered this movie on the on the Patreon at one point. It's, I, I can't remember the context, but at one point, El Pacino goes, "The shadow knows." <laughs> <laughs> he does say the shadow does. Uh, that's that's enough. Let's let's wrap it up. Ratings. One Judd. Damn. Jeez. Uh, yeah. One Douglas. Why? Pee pants and say <laughs> you want to fuck me. I mean that. Pee pants is so gross. He sniffs her fucking pee <laughs> pants. They throw the pee pants in his face. Fake. And she. Wa- the whole class is watching. What a nightmare. Oh. They all look, it is kind of funny, like, when he does see them, they all look mortified, yeah, too. Yeah, like, that's so fucking embarrassing. This is awful for yeah. all of us. Yeah. Welcome to the CIA, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to the farm. I would like to remind you, you don't get paid much. <laughs> cool job. Uh, and I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 Iwo Jima breakfast burritos. Damn it, Matt. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It is the funniest thing in a terrible movie with almost no funny things. I'm going to give it one and a half Judds just because one Oof. almost, it's too bland to give to the one. It, it almost feels like, I don't know why, but for some reason it feels like it's giving it something to give it the one. I feel like it's in my memory since seeing this in the theater, I was like, eh, it's no big deal. It's fine. You know, it's like a bland movie, whatever. But while watching it again 20 years later, it's like, oh my God, this is fucking awful. It's aggressively nothing. It's like trying so hard to not be anything. I'd rather it be like actively shittier than this. That yes, th- and but that, then again, and we're going to get, get movies, movies like this that ha- that answer those prayers, and I'm still upset about <laughs> it. So. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. There's get, no pleasing you, Matt. Uh, you do get a little bit of a monkey's paw sort of situation. One hundred percent. But Al, yeah, again, like I said, Al Pacino is good enough in it that when he when he's not in it, <laughs> no, you're like, what is not. happening? Uh, he, he's, I don't know. Everybody else is that much worse. He's Colin something Farrell's to pretty watch. Bad. Bridget Moynihan can't do anything with Bridget this Moynihan's stuff. There's annoying. no supporting there's cast. Like, yeah, there's like nobody in there who gets to do who's who's like well at least that person. Yeah. Um. It's it's pretty rough. I'm gonna give it one Douglas for that fucking. Do you want to fuck me? Yes sir. God, that's mortifying. <laughs> and, and you said pee pee soaked. Did you say no? I had you well, breakfast burritos. Ten out of ten pee pee. You guys somehow are somehow pee pee soaked pants. You guys are taking all the fun from Those me. Are the two things. All right, I'm giving it two Juds. What? Because I'm not giving it one Jud. There's Good. been worse shit on here. <laughs> um, and I'm giving it .5 Douglases for pee pants, and I think there's like some sex scene. I don't fucking know. They make out. And uh, you guys took all the good stuff, except for I'm giving it 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10 Margarita Mondays at Senor Pepe's. We didn't yeah. talk about that. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Some random guy at the office said, <laughs> bunch of us are guy. going to Senor Pepe's. Margarita Monday. That's right. He does just like walk into the <laughs> office and go like, hey man, Margarita Monday. How could you How could you possibly resist? Senor it's Pepe's. the same guy that says Republican ladies. Ooh, oh yeah. The needle nose bureaucrat. That guy bureaucrat. is the only thing worth watching. I will say this. Uh, Getting wasted on shitty margaritas at a chain restaurant is something that no, that sounds always fun to do. Maybe not with the coworkers. Marks too. Oh yeah, just like whatever the house margarita is, just keep them coming. Yeah, if I'm gonna be hanging out with a bunch of Uh, CIA people, I better be drunk. I think I want to do that. You know what we need to do? Go to Azteca. No, we need to go to La Palma. What's that? It's right on the other side of the Ballard Bridge from my neighborhood. Okay, you're gonna love it. Oh, okay. Let's do that next month. It's Fabulous. Have you been there? No. Oh, you got to Oh, man. (laughs) We're going. Okay. I'm excited. Let's go. We're talking about Emily. Margaritas. Yes. And then, like, endless chips and salsa, I'm assuming. Uh Yeah. I was holding up a fishbowl sized margarita. Yeah. It was the same gesture I used. But he does. The, he does do that gesture with big. And he he, he squeezed both of his palms. He squeezed. He has to put his microphone on his lap to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way it can be done. There's no other Titties, way. Booty margaritas. I can like you can feel the weight fruit at the grocery store. of justice. And I'm fucking ready. I'm ready for it. Titty margaritas, let's go, baby. Titty margaritas. All right, 88 minutes next. Ugh. 2007 from the great John Avnet. Yeah. You have 88 minutes to live. Who's this? TikTok. Who the hell is this? Dr. Graham, as a forensic psychiatrist, will John Forrester rape and murder again? In my professional opinion, John Forrester is a serial murderer. <laughs> we, the jury, find the defendant guilty of murder in the first degree. Of all the serial killers that I've interviewed and studied, none of them were legally insane. Excuse me. You feel guilty about lying under oath? Tick tock tock. You have 79 minutes to live. Shelly, I received a threatening phone call. Jack, you better turn on MSNBC. I find it hard to believe that Dr. Jack Graham can be out there, psycho babbling innocent people into the death chamber. Jack, this is Special Agent McTire from the FBI. Do you know a woman named Dale Morris? 
What's going on here? John Abnett, director of Fried Green Tomatoes. Making two appearances on this episode, unbeknownst to us until right I watched. Right in a fucking row. Back to back. Al Pacino apparently was so impressed with John Abnett's work in this that he was like, I gotta work with the kid again. I would suggest to you that <laughs> it is probably Millennium Pictures' Boaz Davidson who financed this movie and Righteous Kill was like, I bet we can package Pacino in another crappy thriller uh, and John Avnet and we'll John get, Avnet needs money. We'll get Robert De Niro to be in this one. Avnet's got debts. This is the beginning of uh, well, the next one is one of the beginnings of Robert De Niro's descent into directed directed video garbage. <sighs> Ooh. But anyway, Al Pacino. This one, this one has a is can I think properly be enjoyed as a as a bad movie. This one takes place in it's Seattle. It's very ridiculous. It takes, it takes place, place in Seattle. Takes Shot place in Seattle. Not here at all. And uh, it takes place. Does it take place on the starting on the day of Princess Di's death, September first, nineteen ninety-seven? Well, well, you the, tell us. The, the opening murder takes place on that day. Yeah. So then the rest of it is nine years later. Oh, it's nine years. I didn't. I don't even think I caught the nine years later thing. Yeah, it jumps ahead in time. It that's d- how. It, that's how not great this movie was. That I didn't really even notice that it wasn't that it didn't take place in nineteen ninety-seven. It does start with this with this twisted murder, and I'd forgotten about this. I oh, did. This, I also saw this up. in the theater. It is well. It, this is one of my favorite things. We've talked about it. You got my stop favorite things. Uh, when, uh, but but I do I do enjoy this in, enjoy in bad it. movies when yeah. when bad movies try to do disturbing stuff. But and we've actually, talked about this it like a lot. Legit was kind of fucked up, like pretty disturbing. This to me. this fe- this felt a little extra. Disturbing it was because extra. of the Idaho thing that happened pretty recently. It was just sort of like, oh, this guy's breaking into yeah. people's houses and cutting them up. Yeah, he breaks into these uh, it's these twin sisters. These twin sisters. I think we pretty much see his face. Well, is what's the actor's name? Neil, Mac- Neil, Neil, Neil McDonough. McDonough. You kind of see his face. Kind of yeah. see his face. But he he breaks in. It's twin sisters. He like hangs them up by. This is his his modus operandi is hanging he, them he up by one leg. He knocks them out with halothane and then halothane, ties them up by a yes. leg and and use like this pulley system to to suspend them by one leg from the ceiling. It's not a hell of a lot of work. Then he cuts their femoral artery and it drips and down. They bleed out. Yeah, it's a really dumb crime. He feeds the cat though. Yeah, it's really weird because like. For it seems like the kind of serial killer a movie writer would make up. Absolutely, because like the mo- there's no like sexual motivation for it at all. Really, he doesn't and assault that's like them or anything like that. Ninety percent of yeah, it's just, it's just weird. It's like he has this weird thing. It's like I'm just really, I just really want to tie him up by one leg and hang him from the ceiling. And you then do see him going like, oh yeah, baby. It's very weird. <laughs> sure. But it, but it's a bad bad movie like a really dumb bad movie that's trying to show you like genuinely really horrifying images yeah. and like uh, it, uh, I'm always reminded of uh, the resurrection the uh-huh. Christopher Lambert movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. where they're just trying but they're dumb like dumb idiots trying so hard to like shake you up and disturb you yeah. and it's just it's just funny to me uh, not that I'm like cackling while I'm watching this scene uh, or anything, yeah. but this also sets the tone in that this is going to be a very bad looking movie because oh, this so movie ugly. looks well, like it absolute has the shit. Ugly, like mid two thousands, like we're trying to be like cool and gritty, but it's just like boring. It's not even that they're trying so hard. There's not like up the contrast or anything. It's just no. like ugly and bland. Plus, it's, it's kind of it's blue. Got, it's got the Pacific Northwest gray blue slate like yeah. color palette. I really liked the part at the beginning of the movie where uh, you see a seaplane taking off from Lake Union. 
and it's clearly Lake Union. Yeah. yeah. And then the the camera it cuts, and you're looking at uh, a seaplane flying over the Seattle skyline, and the camera pulls back through a window, and it's like, oh, it's a green screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this this movie is like it takes place there on like four what, shots. What I Seattle. believe is like supposed to be the University of Washington, but the UW in this land is just smack in the middle of Pioneer Square. Mm-hmm. Is it's that a, what they're trying fi- to do? It's a fictionalized uh, Seattle UW. Yeah. It's the University of North Northwest. North, University of Northwest, and it's Washington. all shot in Vancouver anyway. So, but it's it's the Vancouver Seattle game where like yeah. I, I, I'm I'm guessing You're like there are cherry honesty, there are cherry blossom trees. It's probably you supposed to be. I UW. counted exactly four shots that were actually Seattle. Yeah, I think I I, I think I counted something like eight, something like that. There's one. There's two. There's two or three where he's like in front of the library. Yeah. Or, well, it's not even him. It's just it's just B-roll. B-roll, usually. And there's there a shot a where he's like shots. in a cab, and the cab goes around a corner, and it's definitely downtown Seattle. Al Pacino was definitely in Seattle for an afternoon. Not, no, to, I don't think so. Shots. I don't think he's in it at all. I think it's all Vancouver when he's in the shot. I'm not going to Seattle. Fuck no. It's all Vancouver. Only but there, Vancouver. Yeah, there's definitely B-roll here. Yeah. Um, but it's the Seattle Vancouver, and so like even like in sequences where like like a uh, cars are driving across yeah, town, yeah. you can go like Seattle, Vancouver, Seattle. It's like going back and forth and stuff. Uh, you got to keep yourself entertained somehow while you're watching this. Um, but then we uh, the, the first song that we hear is during this murder scene, and they're listening to the Backstreet Boys, so we get a Backstreet yep. Boys song. The next song that we hear is El Pacino being woken up to the sounds uh, on his alarm clock to the sounds of Bubba Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he literally, the first time we see Al Pacino, he is waking up to fucking Miss New Booty playing on his radio. I love the Miss New Booty. Never heard of that song. I found, you don't know this Miss New Booty song? Come no. on, man. I swear to God. Get it together, man. I swear to God. I could not Get identify a Bubba Sparks song. to me. Miss New Booty. God, the first time I've ever heard of this song. Oh, oh man. Look, I don't listen to music. I For shame. I don't care. <laughs> it defined a generation, <laughs> evidently. <laughs> Anyway, it was two generations. Was like fifteen years younger than us. <laughs> this was the beat of the entire Beatles of her generation. Miss New Booty. Miss New Booty was an anthem. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he he wakes up. I, I, Al Pacino looks like absolute. He shit. looks like shit. In I this. can't believe he worked with this director. His again. hair in this is really something. <laughs> he looks like that um, dude in Last Crusade when he drinks out of the wrong grail after four seconds. <laughs> I mean, obviously not at the very end when he's like turns to dust, but like pretty, it, like That's really it, like, bad. Which is doubly weird because he's supposed to be like a ladies' man in this. That's just my favorite. I'm sorry, I keep saying it, but it truly is my <laughs> favorite. I, mean, part. I know this is your favorite part of this movie. I do find a lot of this movie very funny and amusing, and th- the fact that <laughs> the fact I mean, that this the, plot, the, the plot hinges on multiple women wanting to fuck him. <laughs> Everybody wants to fuck. Everybody either wants to fuck him or has, has fucked, fucked him. Because like Deborah Kara Unger is like the dean of the university, and she's like, she got one. Look, just because. You fucked me doesn't mean yeah. you can His get away with this. His wants to have sex with him. Of course. Alicia Witt. It's mo- it's oh, Alicia young, Witt. Who's very beautiful in this, by the way. She just bothers me so much. I don't think she's hot. He, wake, I think she's he wakes up next to a hot lady uh, yeah. who's like doing stretches, and, and then she like cooks him breakfast wearing nothing but an apron. He is 67, looking, looking 87. He's weathered. <laughs> He's definitely weathered. He's a bit <laughs> leathery. He just looks so exhausted. He just looks at this naked woman like oh. doing stretches and looks exhausted. Like, ugh. He has the same look uh. on his face when he's pretending to be blind and instead of a woman. He's just sort of like <laughs> dial tone. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing there. Hall- just hollowed out. Yeah. Like, no, or like d- day five in insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> I already killed him. <laughs> uh, so, okay. He, we, 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 we missed the part. We skipped the part where like he... Uh, he gets the killer convicted. 
yeah. the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, Neil yeah, McDonough. Yeah. He he's on the he's, he's on the witness shot. stand, and the the lady the lady attorney is like really laying into him. That's and weird. The courtroom procedure, and this is terrible because she's just grandstanding, and the judge is like, yeah, when, this is you're what ready. this is what like this is very like the movie is terrible. Uh, but in that fun, this is an example. This is the way she talks, which is wild. She, he ponti- she's, ta- she's talking about Al Pacino here. Yeah. He pontificates like the Oracle of Delphi on hypotheses as if they are stone-cold facts. Mm. He sits around cackling at the folly of these proceedings. And the judge, you can tell the judge is going like, will you stop talking like that, counselor? <laughs> Don't talk like that. That's weird. So and Neil McDonough, cuts to nine years later, Neil McDonough is about to be executed. He's on death row. The yeah. Seattle Slayer, charismatic the Seattle Slayer, the Seattle Slayer, absolutely. And uh, but absolutely uh-oh. narrows it down. William Forsyth calls one morning and is oh. like, "Buddy, Jack Graham, Al Pacino, Ace, as Ace. he calls him. Yeah. There's a Graham. there's a copycat killer. Somebody killed him just like the Seattle Slayer. You're Doesn't look to, good for you. We've got a tape. You should come over right now." <laughs> William Forsyth rivaling Al Pacino in the looking tired department. William Forsyth look, looking considerably better than Al Pacino, I oh, must well, say. Sure. He's 70 years younger than Al Pacino, <laughs> I believe, in this movie. So, yeah, somebody. Uh, and it turns out that the woman who has been killed is a student of Al Pacino's oh my who God. teaches criminology and uh, forensic psychiatry at the University of Seattle, Washington, not Vancouver. Yes. <laughs> definitely not. Va- the University of Definitely the Not University Vancouver. The University of Definitely Not Vancouver. Uh, so the idea behind this is, of course, this is, uh, I guess, to j- to jump ahead or spoil. We're it, supposed to be wondering if maybe Pacino did something wrong and got the wrong man sent to prison. Yes, uh, th- this is another really funny thing that movies do, where he's a hotshot. Um, he's a hotshot forensic psychologist. This happens in movies a shocking amount of times where there is a the, the existence of a hotshot forensic psychologist to the point where people like recognize him on the street. Aren't you Jack Graham, hotshot forensic psychologist, a thing that exists in the real world? Famous forensic psychologist? Oh yeah, I get that all the time. And everybody wants to fuck me because of a hotshot forensic psychologist. Everybody, everybody knows the details of this case. Everybody's following it. It's on all the news. Anytime you turn on any news outlet, it's like an interview with Neil McDonough, and he's like teaching it. And he's teaching this. He's teaching the lesson. It, nobody can. People can't get enough of this Seattle Slayer case that no. is that is ten years old. Yeah, and he goes he's into his Bundy. class, uh, and then and then you get some interactions. You get like one of the only interactions he has with Chloe's uh, no uh, Lily Sobieski. Lily Sobieski. Whoa, Lily Sobieski. Um, before. Hmm. Well, also, there's a mysterious man following him in a motorcycle. Also, yes. there's Ryan Atwood from the OC. This guy is from that's the OC. That's what I was. Okay, that's what. I was Who's thinking. that? Uh, the guy. The guy is he Mike Stemp <laughs> or yeah, whatever? Yeah. The other Lily Sobieski's other guy. Good pull. Yeah. Yeah, I can Mike's, remember the guy's Mike's name. Stemp. I actually paid attention to this one. Wow. Uh, anyway, so yeah, in while he's in while he's in uh, class, he's like trying to suss out maybe somebody in class knows something because he knows that the girl is a student of his who's in this class who's dead, but he hasn't sprung this on his class yet. Oh, oh, uh, I think we also really need to point out that right before he arrives in class, he gets the phone call. Oh, yeah. yeah we should like, probably point that out. It's, it's got 88 important. minutes to lift, Doc. Doc, you've got 88 minutes. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tock. And tick-tock, I just want to... Tick tock, Mr. Wick. Yeah, tick tock on the clock. 
Also, TikTok this movie is called 88 Minutes, and it runs 107 minutes. <laughs> I think that should be illegal. Not fucking but cool. when he gets the, new, the news that he has 88 minutes, there is approximately 88 minutes left in the movie. They basically kind of try to do it real They kind of try to do it right. They tried. But... Good for them. I will say that there are multiple parts of this movie, like long stretches of it, where it's like he goes to one place, talks to somebody, gets a piece of evidence, gets in the car, drives across town, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like, tick tock, 14 minutes. It's like four minutes have gone by and he's done all of this shit. Yeah. It's class. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's the it 24. Work. It does not 24 work that would well. at least draw it out, though. Yeah, it would draw, they, they would have something else to do. Yeah. And this, this, this is all this movie's got is, uh, is Al Pacino's, like, just, it's Al Pacino driving around trying to solve. This, there's like four people that are suspects and uh, driving around a lot, spending a lot of time in his apartment. Spending a, a lot of time point, in the car. At a certain point, they go to his apartment and they just hang out. I think it's because they were like, trying to do the real time thing and they're like, we oh, got to kill some shit, time. Man. We, we yeah, really need to. They're literally just like hanging out. And that's when we find out that Alicia Witt like, has a crush on She takes her shirt. Well, him. she takes whatever. She's trying to seduce him. Yeah, she like um, lounges way, on his like way stairs. She spends, she spends the rest of the movie in this like negligee top. It's thing. like a negligee top. <laughs> He's uh, like, I'm way there's too also old for you. Amy Brenneman, his secretary, who is they keep mentioning is gay. <laughs> which she, is which I would totally hook a, up with you if I wasn't plot. gay. You know, it's a key part of the plot that she's that she's that is not true. Straight. Uh there's um Lily Sobieski, his student, and her sort of co co or colleague cohort, Mike, who's the guy from what show? OC. OC. Uh and then um Alicia Witt. Has a stalker ex-boyfriend, the motorcycle guy, who I can't remember what that guy's name guy is. Guy LaForge. Well, no, the actor's name. I can't remember. <laughs> the, the, what, it, like, you've seen this guy for like half the movie, and finally he's like, what's your boyfriend's name? And she's like, Guy LaForge. And you're like, like, what? what? <laughs> no, seriously, though. No. Now's not the time for jokes. <laughs> I've only got 48 minutes really to, need talk, to, give me to his, talk. Please give me his real name. I, 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 we got Sorry, me. it's pronounced Guy LaForge. <laughs> Guy LaForge? And they say it. They say it a, a lot. lot. Especially when he it's gets It's a cool name. When he gets Someone killed. was holding that. Someone was like, I gotta <laughs> find a way to get this name in there. It's just such a good name. When that guy gets killed, Pacino actually goes, okay, so Guy LaForge is dead. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Guy LaForge is dead. He's exited the building. <laughs> Proverbially. And... God yeah, I don't know. Forge. All of these kids, all of these individuals act like they're pranking Pacino. Yes. Literally every single well, person. Well, every one of them is fucking with him somehow. Somehow, but it's, I it all, mean. It turns out that they're all in on it. Well, they're all in. Because they're all being manipulated whether yeah, they know it or not. Exactly. They're being manipulated. It's not like they all have this idea to do it to no, him. No, no, no. But they're all acting like they're like pranking him, which I think is what threw me off. There's some really funny shit here where like he's on his cell phone and he just drops his phone and the screen's cracked. He's like, oh, no, it doesn't work Pacino's anymore. Pacino's always on his flip phone in like all of these movies. Very bad. <laughs> he So he like, spends most of the rest of the movie on the other girl, on Alicia Witt's cell phone. He, he commandeers her car, a very nice Porsche. Yeah. Which get, and then when it gets blown up, he just borrows a cab, and the cab driver sticks around for like a chunk of the movie. Yeah, because he dri- He's like, "Can I drive your cab?" I don't know why he needs to a drive truly, the cab. A truly bizarre detail where he's like, he knows where he's going. He can get there faster. He doesn't have a lot of time at TikTok. Doc, but why? Like, I mean, just as far as the movie's concerned, why does he need to be? Dri- was like Al Pacino, like, I can't be seen not driving. 
And Maybe I, it's because like, he thinks the cab will offering some anonymity that like he won't be spotted by There's, whoever's following him. It's very strange, but they you do eat up some time with him negotiating this deal with the cab driver. That yeah. the cab driver is in the back seat because it's his for car. a chunk of the movie. Yeah. There's a part where he needs to have an important conversation with Alicia Wood. He's like, he "Can you give us the cab for a second? I thought that was good because like the guy's gonna get his cab back afterwards. He gives him a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's like and a tip. That's a good I'll deal. give you hundred dollars and a plus tip. Um, he asks for. The risk assessment files. He actually. Do you think asks, those are real? Are those real? No. He asks William Forsythe for to background check all of his students, and William Forsythe manages to do this in like twenty minutes. He's like, T- give me everyone with an eight or above on my risk yeah, assessment. He's got them ranked. What What if we all had risk assessment files, and there was like well, people in 10. our files that were an eight or above on like people who would be most likely to kill us? Isn't I'm in there. Definitely a ten. About? I'm dangerous. I would kill someone. Well, a ten my on whose file dangerous. though? Everyone's. Oh, You're number ten on every single person I'm in the world. Because <laughs> my, my thoughts are dangerous. Yeah. He's a thought oh, criminal. Boy. I'm a thought criminal. <laughs> Cancel him. I'm a magician. <laughs> Wait, do you see my close-up magic? Oh, Is this God. your card? <laughs> oh, will you have sex with me? Yes or no? Oh, no. Do you want to have sex with me? Yes or no? <laughs> Uh, one of the one of the things that's very amusing to me is Al Pacino is kissing is Joe Biden esque with every single uh, lady in this. Uh-huh. He's always like, "Come here, give me a little kiss here." Let's oh, go, yeah. Brandon. He's always kissing ladies on the cheeks and stuff. Oh yeah, he, he kisses. Is. I bet he does that in real life. He, would, he's probably. Oh, a I, che- I feel like that's kisser, just for sure. That's like not scripted. It's just sort of like. So then he's you say. Game show so host. then you say goodbye he's to her. Show host. Yes. <laughs> so then you say goodbye to her, Al. He's like, "Okay, all right." In action, come here, give me a little. I like the parts. <laughs> I like the parts where you're seeing the flashbacks of him at the nightclub at the beginning, and he's like dancing and partying oh with all the hot babes. Two. What's the song? I don't know. Lil John. <laughs> Couldn't tell yeah, you. the the it's fucking Lil soundtrack. John so every time they do these disturbing like flashbacks to this night where um, it's I, like apparently, okay, yeah, it <laughs> <What>? is. <laughs> it, I think it's one or one of the other like big Little John hits at the time, and so, so there'll be John like hits. disturbing. There'll be like disturbing like flashback where he's going like. Okay, now let me think back to that night one more time. What? And, you still and it's like, like slow motion him just at the bar with that song. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, everything leads me back to that night again. Okay. <laughs> Never gets old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just trying uh, to get that Bubba Spark song out of my head. Never heard of it. Not a real song. You guys made that up. The song that defines a generation. Bubba Sparks? Bubba Sparks. He was uh, he was uh, a white boy rapper uh, from the Booba south. Bus Sparks. Uh, yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's just it's uh, uh, another very funny thing about it is that the the culprit keeps on writing the the number down of how much time that he has left in ways that like are which like you have to be like on the ball with yes. that. you have to be like I have to write this and he has to see it or you have to think ahead and make sure that they see it at the exact time and look so, so the second time that happens it's written in like dirt on a car on a car yeah it's on his car and right after that uh Lily Sobieski That's shows up minutes, and she's like the killer hit me and tried to beat me up and and <laughs> So for so in a in a matter of like a very short amount of time, uh, he starts harassing everybody in the parking garage to see their hands, oh, yeah. and he's like, "I'm a forensic psychologist for the FBI. <laughs> Look, here's my badge. Show me your hands." That's a thrill. It happens like over and, and like four or five guy, times. motorcycle guy like flips them off. Motor, different motorcycle different guy motorcycle flips them off. A real, and then a real line. There's been an assault. I want to see your hands. Yeah, I want to see your hands. And then he goes to take Lily Sobieski to the campus police to interview her, and he's like, somebody going to interview this lady? She's been assaulted. 
And it's like, they, and then like he gets in a car and he drives somewhere. And then while he's driving somewhere, it's like tick tock, this many minutes, and it's only been like eight minutes. <laughs> it's like, how did he do all this? He moves fast. He doesn't seem like he, he doesn't moves move fast. that fast. It, it's, especially pointing out towards the end of the movie that t- like the climax takes place at the top of a very tall building. Yeah, like in the top floor, and he runs up the stairs, and it's like ninety seconds of him running up the stairs, man. It's like, and it's definitely Al Pacino. And it's definitely Al Pacino, and it's all in one take, and it's like he's all right. He's sixty. Oh, he's sixty-seven. Yeah, I, I I'm looking at that going like fuck that, and I am forty-four. One hundred percent. I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, he there's well, it's one shot and it's yep. clearly Al Pacino where he runs up he runs up two flights of stairs. It's more than that. It's crazy. I I live in an apartment building. I live on the seventh floor, and very occasionally the elevator will go out, and I have to walk all the way up to my apartment. And yeah. it's like, oh god. Considering how many actors of much lower calibers than Al Pacino who won't even stand up for movies like this, like there's so many actors. I who was, would do I was at the at the very least impressed by this. Yeah, he runs a lot. I mean, it, maybe he was. Maybe he's, he's like I need the doctor says I need to get a move. I gotta I gotta be moving around a little bit more. <laughs> My cholesterol's been up there. So if you can get me running up some stairs, something Oh, like that. how many flights? <laughs> Just okay. two flights, baby. Uh yeah, that, I'll give him that. I, just the just the fact that Al Pacino is in this movie to begin with is shocking and weird. Al Pacino is I I I, I think this needs to be pointed out. He's Al Pacino. Yeah, he d- he deserves better than this. <laughs> he, he's a very famous and yes. good actor. I mean, the, it was a fallow <laughs> I mean, period for God. us all in the mid two thousands. I, I but he can't. I know that bad. I know that De Niro needs the money. Does Al Pacino need the money too? Is that what's De Niro you. got himself into some fucking trouble? Did he? Yeah, De Niro's got money problems. Okay. Yeah, he's got spending problems. Prop, you know, losing money on projects, like sort of stuff. And I think he might be some sort of a degenerate. Uh, <laughs> you don't think Pacino might be a degenerate? I, I, I th- honestly think that Pacino. I, I have no idea, but I think with Pacino, it's just like he just wants to work. Mm-hmm. I think he likes doing. It's like the shark sort of thing. Like if I stop swimming, I die. Right. Like I just got to be constantly oh. doing shit. Okay. I, I know that he. I think that he could. That, the, the the real thing that's mystifying to me about this is like you could be doing better things. Think of like the good directors that would love to work with Al Pacino anytime, right? right? Why does it have to be John Abnett? Nothing thriller directed by John Abnett. Yeah, I mean somebody's got to pay for that mortgage payment. Somebody's got to pay for that. Ooh. Maybe he just maybe he got paid a lot. This movie's budget was like thirty million dollars. Insanity. <laughs> And maybe maybe it looks it's like 20. it costs less than the price of a hot meal. Maybe he's too. Th- <laughs> maybe he's he's twenty of it or something like oh, that. Man. Like I don't know. Anyhow, but it's it's nuts. Um, so he's dr- oh, oh. There's also a scene in the middle where okay. So he's also trying to figure out who broke into his secret files. He's got two safes. He's got a bunch of apartment. safes. Also in the middle of the movie, they're hanging out at his apartment, and it's like his secretary calls. Amy Brenneman calls. And he's like, uh oh. She's like, uh oh. They're doing a live interview with the Seattle Slayer right now on TV. So he calls in. <laughs> and at first part, he's like, put me on the phone with him. And she's like, are you sure that's a good idea? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, it's not, not a, a good, good idea. idea. Get me in touch with MSNBC. He keeps telling people, turn on MSNBC. There's a really funny part where he's like, he calls William Forsyth, and he's like, turn on MSNBC. And he's like, I'm not in front of the television. It's okay. They're simulcasting it right now. <laughs> he actually says that. Like, what? Like, on 7.50 a.m., maybe? And he's like, so it's 7.50 a.m. I know the station. Like that like that, de- like that cab negotiation. Like, why are we burning precious time on this stuff? Because the time is not precious. We've only got 88 minutes with nobody actually counting. 
Wait, have we talked about his sister yet? Oh, oh my god, the yeah. sister. That's the whole kind of like. That's the 88 minutes thing. That's where, no. that's it. That is where the number, because why would the guy go 88 minutes specifically? That's very specific. Because when he was a young man, somebody killed his little sister. His little sister. And you see it in these like old film footage. And they're playing Little John on those too. Slowed down though in a creepy way like they do with all the movie trailers now. Yeah, it's like a tinkly piano version. You see these flashbacks of just like his sister like frolicking or whatever. And you're like, hmm, I wonder who that is and what they had to do it. And eventually he tells Alicia Witt. He spends the, like, there's all these people and it's mostly Alicia Witt. Yeah. Like, uh, Lily Sobieski appears for like three minutes before the end of the movie, which we'll we'll get to. Um, but he he eventually like tells her like some guy, some fucking sicko, kidnapped my sister, and he was already um, no didn't even kidnap, just broke into their house, broke into the house, broke into the house. And, and, shoot, and shoot her up. Uh, and again, I I, I don't want to make light of this sort of stuff, but like of I was child like I was rape and murder, like the, <laughs> yes, but, but when Did when movies things to a body. When movies like this try Gross. to do disturbing things, this is the this is the line that he talks about where he goes, he did things that you wouldn't do to an animal that's bred for slaughter. It took him 88 minutes to chop her into pieces. Th- he doesn't get into like details, but he did things to her that you wouldn't do to an animal that's you bred said for it ta- slaughter. It took him 88 minutes to chop her into pieces. Which you would do, see that but you would do that to an animal for slaughter. So <laughs> yeah. I want to see that uh, you wouldn't steal a car thing with you a wouldn't do it to an animal that's bred for slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, what kind of twisted mind could do a thing like that? This is the kind of line that's in this. And Pacino like has the recording, w- which was in one of his private safes, the recording of his little sister pleading for him to like save her, basically. Oh, save me! They do it. Which to, is a fucked up thing to hold on to. They wouldn't do it to an animal bred for slaughter. It's a for fuck- eighty-eight minutes. <laughs> But act, it's like really like terrible thing to hold on to. There's that's that was like another moment them playing that, which was like, oh shit, they went like really disturbing on. on, on <laughs> well, they try. They were aiming for. It. They thought they some somebody in here somewhere thought they were making a real movie. They were not. No, they wasted it on this. <laughs> they wasted this in the name Guy LaForge on this movie. Guy LaForge. And now they can never use Guy LaForge again. I really liked the part where uh, before he commandeers the cab. Like he's, he's driving around in her Porsche, and then she like clicks the the, the key fob, and it doesn't. And she goes, "That's funny. It worked before." And he like tackles her. Yeah. And nothing happens. They try to do a little comedy and, moment, and, it's, and she's like, "What was that for?" He's like, "I just had a feeling." And then the car explodes. We don't have time for this shit, man. <laughs> why? Yeah. Like why a but little like, weird we do though? Ugh. And then he they goes, "Made it so that we have time he's like, for this shit." Are you okay? <laughs> Come yeah. on, give me something. I just want to check and see if you're okay. Babe. I just want to see if you still have a crush on me, Alicia. Wait. I liked you in Doom. Let me kiss your neck. Oh, you smell nice. Yeah. Yeah, Yucky. it's nasty. She is really hot, though, in this. Anyway. <laughs> Charisma zero, negative. Alicia, Alicia Witt. Yeah, she's just a lot of A lot of wit in this. She's just She's so in it a lot, yeah. What is she Brevity good at? is the soul of wit. I don't know. I just thought she was pretty, that's all. No, I know. I'm just wondering, Is there? has she been in a movie where she's been really good? The only things I remember seeing her in are Urban this and Legend. Dune. She oh. is the little, she's, she's the, the little girl and she's Paul's girl sister in Dune. For he is the Queen's Cataract! Yeah, okay. that's pretty wild. Um, uh, and we talked about this in text, but there's a little movie that you might have heard of called Urban Legend that she is in. Yeah, I saw she, that, but she, I, it, she gives when it came out, of, I don't remember it. Yeah, she gives one of the worst performances that you'll ever see in an I actual professional movie. I love Urban Legend, but yes, the she's not good in that either. That's where I first became bothered by her. The yeah, only thing I remember really about strange. Urban Legend is, spoiler alert, Rebecca Gayhart is the killer. 
too. That's and so rude. And she gets really psycho. That's so to spoil that. Yeah. I Do remember I, being surprised look, at I re- that. The only thing I remembered about this movie was who the killer was. One and of the main things to remember in Urban Legend is that Joshua Jackson has bleach blonde hair. Ugh. And they microwave a dog. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, we well Matt uh, Matt already spoiled it, so yeah. let's get to it. But it, but it is really funny, like how how much of a non thing it, it is. It, tur- like, it turns is it out that Lily Sobieski's real name is Lydia Doherty, and her real name she, is Guy LaForge. Guy LaForge, <laughs> and that she was an intern on the Seattle Slayers legal team, and he like Svengali'd her or, Sven, he's or Svengali'd so charismatic her because he's so charismatic into like falling for his shtick, and she's been committing these copycat crimes. To get him exonerated at the last minute, and uh, and frame uh, Al Pacino, I believe, for the crimes. Uh, I think so. No? Or to, I don't know if there's framing, but it's just to discredit him. To discredit sure. him for sure, and uh, and therefore the Seattle Slayer will get off and they can live happily ever after. And and it's like this. First of all, even Stupid. if you've been successful, it's never going to work. At a certain point, he does get off, but they don't get to the point where they give him a, they give it's him a twenty-four hour stay of execution. Yes, exactly. Uh, and and at the end of the movie, after he kills Lily Sobieski, she like falls off a, a ledge. Yeah, well, she's got a whole thing rigged up at this building, like I can't. Which is like the, so much to drop Alicia Witt off the. So much work to do these pulleys and stuff, you know? know. Yeah, there's even a part where she's like, where he's like, "You did all this work, perfected these pulleys," and she's like, "Yeah, I perfected the pulley system. You know how much work that took? You know how much planning went into this? You can't stop me." And it's like, I perfected why the pulley don't you do system. it then? She does have a pulley. She's and got Alicia Witt, uh, and Alicia. She's got Alicia Witt like tied up. She's got uh, Amy Brenneman. No, no. Uh, yeah, who the uh, fuck is this? Deborah Kara Unger. Unger. What's her uh, vibe? What's her deal? Deborah Kara Unger. She's in this in, movie. She's, she's the dean. Oh, she's barely in this movie. She is in Crash, of course. See, here's and the, the game. Well, here's the thing. In this movie, I feel like they introduced her very briefly, and then later they they talked about her and acted like she was like a huge part of the, the thing, and I was like, did I just miss something? No, or like, did her dean. scenes get cut she's or something? Ba- she's barely in it. She was there for a day Crusty or something old like dean. that. But we do find out that Al Pacino did have sex with her at one point. So that's I mean, cool. I could tell he probably had sex with a lot of people <laughs> on staff. <laughs> he's doing yeah. pretty good. He, he's <laughs> got Clint Eastwood in true crime vibes. Yeah, for it's sure. Clint Eastwood in true crime all the way. Uh, and he so somehow looks, he's younger than Clint Eastwood was in that, and he, but he looks older. Lily Sobieski starts monologuing, and then he's like, "You were such a good student. You had talent. You're smart. Why'd you fall for it?" And she's like, "You don't understand. You don't understand how brilliant he is. And like, we're gonna win. You can't beat me." And he's like, "There's a gun pointed at your head right now. Believe it. You better believe it, baby. Better believe it." He says, "Believe it like four times." And then, lo and behold, William Forsythe behind her shoots her. She falls off the ledge, grabs onto the pulley system, whatever. Or she grabs onto the ledge. Al Pacino has the rope to save Deborah Unger. Pacino again. He has yeah. to choose between letting the killer die or saving a nice person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So tough choice. Tough choice. Lets the killer I die. guess I'll let the killer die. And then Neil. And then he calls Neil McDonough on her cell phone. Neil McDonough calls her. Calls and, her and is like, "Ha So did how did, did how she take care of him? Go? And he's, he's like, she's, oh, she's downstairs. Sorry, she's downstairs. She's indisposed. She's downstairs." And he's like, "We're gonna stop you. She's gonna get go you." Get, and he's like, "Go get her. Put go, her on the put phone. her on the phone." He's like, "She's dead." Oh no. <laughs> I guess well I guess things aren't going to work out for yeah. old Seattle Slayer after all. I guess not. That's right. Seattle now to go Slayer. kiss my students. Mm, yeah. The end. Uh I think that's pretty much it. Yawn. Oh, he throws the f- he uh, he does throw the he phone. He throws the phone yeah and it shatters on the floor. <laughs> that was pretty funny. There uh, is thankfully there's not like a codo where he's like 
hanging out with Alicia Witt, like, in their house with a baby or something like that. Because earlier she's like, don't you want a family? Don't you want kids? I'm too old for kids. What a, what a thing to say to a 67-year-old man. Don't you want kids? Al Pacino should have you been, been a like, 90-year-old parent of a teenager. I'm an old man. What are you talking about? Al Pacino should have been a spokesperson for, like, T-Mobile flip phones in this era. <laughs> because That's I swear, there's, like, so many shots of him, like, flipping open a phone or like angrily yelling into it or dropping it or something he is he's literally with a cell phone in his hand and one of those like old classic like silver flip phones like in all three of these movies yeah that's very weird funny. can you hear me now you know the little nokia's he seems he seems Nokia very bricks. comfortable with the opening and cl- he seems to enjoy doing that the opening and flip and closing sort it's of theatrical thing when you can it's really like, just this is something that I like can you really can't you can't with. i can't like slam i can't i mean i could like hang up on someone like this but i can't like Flip it shut. That you know? thing, that flipping and closing thing, was so satisfying that they tried to do. They tried to make them with with my the friend, smartphone. My friend, they still have. They have one like on the market. I know. Right my, now. Friend, my, my friend EJ market. has one. It's great. She loves it. I, it I, does she gets to do the flippy thing? Uh-huh. Does she loves it because of the flip. It's got to be worth it for that alone. Huh. Huh. Yeah. It's not particular. I don't know if it's practical, but it, you get to flip the thing closed, then you you win. Uh, yeah. So that's it. I mean, there's a whole thing where Lily, t- where like. Somehow, Lily Sobieski. By the way, I mean, like she got married and retired. Good for her, but yeah. like, go, go for, for her. her. Go for but, her. But uh, it's just like uh, somebody that I really thought was an interesting actress when she was starting out, and then yeah. just like got completely wasted in a lot of crap. And it's like you can see why she gave it up because like everything she was in, she just gets squandered. Yeah, she she there, there was a couple years there where like Lily Sobieski was going to be the new thing, yeah. and then it just absolutely did not happen. Yeah. And in this and in this one, it's just it, like couldn't be a more th- you you can tell just she's like this is a thankless role. Uh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, she's doing literal like villain monologue, and she's as for your heroic friend Kim, I'm afraid she didn't make the grade. This is how people <laughs> talk in this. Movie. It's very Crazy. bad. Um, but there's a one point where like some some plot point involving. Lily Sobieski seducing Amy Brenneman because we know that that's she's right. A, that's uh, how she's that's who broke into the secret files, and that's how that's how they find that out. And, I forgot and about a couple that, times, yeah. Lily Sobieski gets like Amy Amy Brenneman and um, uh, Alicia Witt to like call him mm-hmm. and go like, "I was the bad guy who killed everyone," but they're so clearly coerced. It's really silly. Yeah, yeah. Where they'll where they'll go like, "Al, I was the bad guy who and did all you'll the hear killing," him, and he'll go like, the, "She's the one." And like, then, but didn't. then right then you'll hear them go like, "I read what you wanted me to do. Can and you he, let me go now?" And he'll go, "It was Alicia Witt." And like, you didn't hear the other stuff. Yeah. Come on, it's very um, bad. But this this is just this is a line where he where he's talking about like because. Um, Forsyth is like you're the one. At a certain point, and, and it lasts for like thirty seconds. Yeah, William Forsyth is like I'm you're the one. In. I'm bringing you in in the gun, and he goes like, "Someone hired Sarah Pollard to sleep with me and killed her afterwards. They took my semen and deposited into Dale Morris." <laughs> and you're like, "We gotta be talking about Al Pacino's sixty-seven-year-old semen getting deposited." Sixty-seven-year-old. Hey, wait semen. till we get to righteous kill. Must we? <laughs> must we talk about? I did want to point out that there is a, uh, a prominently displayed during this scene where William Forsythe's holding a gun on Al. There's a poster for Jet City Improv, <laughs> Yay. an improv outfit that I worked with a number of times. I probably know one of the people on the poster. Um, <laughs> Lovely th- people that they put uh, sure that they put up uh, in Vancouver somewhere yeah, yeah. to establish Jet City. That's Seattle. Yeah. They're definitely in Seattle because I know what Jet City means. That means Seattle. I love it when they do stuff like that, where it's like they'll paint the cabs to say or the cop cars to say Seattle Police. <laughs> Everybody's got a Washington license plate. It's like, yeah, but nothing else looks like Seattle <laughs> at all. But there's the Space Needle. There's a Space Needle in one shot. Yeah. yeah. Then the library. Uh, 
There's a a line in it where he's where another, having to do with people trying to set him up when he's talking about, I think, a, a murder scene or something. The whole place is filled with my DNA. It just be hard not to picture Al Pacino just... <laughs> I don't want to know about anything filled with your DNA, Al. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't keep it in my pants. I uh, got the animal bread for slaughter thing. Psycho babbling innocent people into the death chamber is what uh, McDonough says about Al Pacino. They, it's in, about in one like of the forensic science. They call it like voodoo forensic voodoo science. Forensic and it's like science. it's forensic. The funny thing is, there is no forensics connecting him to the crime. It's yeah. all Al Pacino's testimony. And a, and a witness. Yeah. But they say that he yeah, coerced her or whatever. Um, but, like, this is in one of the many indefinite interviews that they give to Neil McDonough. A live interview with serial killer Seattle Slayer that is just sort of like, and we're going to be on with him for, the for a while. Near, for at least 88 minutes, I'll yeah. tell you that. <laughs> it's crazy. And they all seem to just sort of believe him. It's very odd. Yeah. Uh, there's been an assault. I want to see your hand. Oh, and of course, you get the um, the Silence of the Lambs. Maybe you should stop hiding behind your assessments of other people and start assessing yourself. Mm, no, thank you. Very good. <laughs> That's why I took this job. Maybe later. Uh, Amy, Brenneman says, Amy, Amy Brenneman says the only reason that they, she hasn't hooked up with Al Pacino is because she's gay and he's a commitment phobe. Those, That's the only oh, reason no. that she hasn't hooked up with a... A 67-year-old man who hasn't slept in five days. I mean, who wouldn't? I'm just kidding. I wouldn't. Uh, that's good enough. <laughs> uh, ratings. One and a half Judds. This is a terrible movie, but it had- Wait, did you give the recruit one Judd? I gave it one. I'm giving this a half okay. a Judd more. Okay. Because it's like the least boring of the three movies, I think. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I think, well- Maybe. I really do. I like Righteous Kill. Just I couldn't handle it. Uh, then I'm gonna give it uh, one Douglas again for all the talk of Al Pacino's semen. The fact that he <laughs> seems to be able to fuck all these women. I think that's disgusting. Anytime in a movie where in any way or, uh, they talk about taking semen out of one person and putting it into another, you're always like, automatic one joke. Don't forget about <laughs> at the beginning uh, when he wakes up with that uh, apron. That apron eggs. Well, she's doing a. Str- she's stretching with her legs straight up in the she's air when she's her naked. Leg up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, it's uh, on the other end. Yeah, you can't really see anything. But well, yeah, but the fact that she's just nakedly. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's a, like, I'm giving it one Douglas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. One Douglas. And then I'm going to give it, uh, hold on, let me do some quick math. 19 extra minutes. 19. That's what I'm going to give it. 19. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> that's good. I'm going to give it two Judds. I mean, this is a terror. This is a bad, bad movie, but I. Don't think it's unwarranted for it to be considered a like fun bad movie. Like, I, 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 it wouldn't be one of the like the big ones that I would recommend if you want to watch a really shitty movie. You like drink a right. couple beers and watch a shitty movie, but it's not. It, it certainly belongs on the list, and there's certain aspects of it that I find very amusing. It's really bad, and it's in in, in a like f- fully incompetent sort of way. Just it looks like shit. Yeah. And Al Pacino, I can't. Al Pacino. What's he doing here? It's crazy. Yeah. John Evnett did has made real movies before too. It's like it's it's very strange. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it two Douglases just okay. for the for the naked lady apron, the stretching, and just all the like. I'll be honest, oh, I yeah. forgot about the stretching. Oh yeah, baby, come on, come on, baby, goodbye, baby. He's just he's just real gross and like any practice this whenever they try to sell like a an old smooch I was sound. doing I was doing that throughout the whole movie <laughs> when yeah. I was watching because that's what he does. Um, 
Uh, and I'm going to give it um, uh, 10 credits at Northwest Seattle, or at not in Vancouver. Definitely not. Definitely not Vancouver University. <laughs> 10 credits. That's Very a pretty nice. good class load. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's a lot. You're almost there. All right. I am giving it one and a half Judds. I liked it less than the recruit. Mm. Uh, it was just like boring and no one was charismatic and it was whatever. I don't know. Uh, I'm giving it one Douglas. I did give it 0.5 Douglases, but then you guys started talking about all the talk about semen and then it made me like get really grossed out. So, uh, yeah, one Douglas for that. And then I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 Miss New Booties. <laughs> <laughs> the song, the song that does not re- it does not generation. Exist. Never heard of it. <laughs> I can't. I'm so excited for you to leave here. That's and not put your happen. headphones on and just throw <laughs> am, on Miss New Booty as you walk yeah. to the bus stop. I am not going to do that. You have to. You put it, you're going to put it on. And you'll be like, oh, that, that song. That's what all the, the kids are talking about. Yeah. I can't. I won't. And I amn't. Music music scholars think that there's before Miss New Booty and after Miss New Booty. Like it caused a there's no such thing shift. as a music scholar or a forensic psychologist. Get it right, get it right, get it tight, as they say. No Aren't one knows you the what famous that music scholar slash forensic psychologist? I recognize you. Show me your hands. Show me. <laughs> I am, son. Show me your hands. <laughs> all right, finally, let's just, let's knock this out, please. Let's, let's go. get to the one that broke Matt Lynch. This, they all broke me. Collectively <laughs> broke me. He's been broken. <laughs> Righteous Kill, 2008's Righteous Kill, from the same director, John Avnet. My name is David Fisk, Detective First Grade. I've been a cop for over 30 years. You don't become a cop because you want to serve and protect. You join the force because they let you carry a gun and a badge. What? Between the eyes. A legendary team. Respected and feared. You think I won't blow your head off? I wouldn't think twice about it. Most people respect the badge. Everybody respects the gun. No struggle, no forced entry. Hey, nobody wants to hear about your private life, Officer Corelli. I am forced to dismiss all charges of rape and assault. When you walk outside, watch your back. Get him out of here before somebody passes sense on him. Number 12 and count. But now, these guys are all scumbags. Whoever's doing this gets real close, leaves no fingerprints, and obviously takes pride in his work. They've lost the one thing that made them untouchable. Anyone gonna say it? Trust in each other. This one had some pred- pedigree to it. It's shot by a guy named Denny Lenoir, who like shot a bunch of really good stuff, including this past year's Irma Vet TV show, which I love. You guys, when it comes to directors, there's the Avs and the Avnets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's and all I got. there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Nothing but Avnet. And it was written by the guy who wrote Avnet. Inside Man. Which yeah. is really good. Which is great. I it love that. One. It, it stars Al Pacino and Robert, Robert De Niro. De Niro. <laughs> also has like Leguizamo. It has like Donnie Wahlberg. Fifty Cent has Rob. Has Rob Carla, Durdek. Carla Gugino. Carla Gugino. <laughs> Carla Gugino. What did we Poor. call her? Uh, Somebody Carlo Gugino. Carlo Gugino. Carlo Gugino is in this. Criminally wasted in uh, this. One of, yes. one of the most I mean, shameful trashings of a great has actress. Been, has been wasted a lot, but this one is is Donnie Wahlberg in here. She's just like she's just like the hot. She's just uh, it's so gross what they do to her in this. Like where she's like she's like the forensics lady. First of all, she, her job encompasses all. Of forensics in this, like she shows up, she's the ME. She does the autopsies. Yeah. She reviews the ballistics evidence. It's all one job. It doesn't really work that way. 
Also, like, I like the first time she shows up on the crime scene where you realize she's a cop like them. She's a forensics investigator. She's got the polo shirt, and it's all the way unbuttoned. Just her tits are just, like, out there while she's, like, looking at a body. And they're all flirting with her and stuff. Poor Carlo Gugino. We get to see m- several scenes of her just, just getting, getting railed by ro- by bulldog-looking 90-year-old oh, Robert De Niro. I hate it. Uh, it's so gnarly. God. <laughs> oh, no. It's really Nasty. gross. So I've always seen this the cover of this movie while like putting shit away like upstairs and stuff just the cover of both of their faces on it it looks <laughs> awful it's it's so insane and bizarre they both look like skeleton people but but the, at the same time I've always been curious because obviously De Niro and Pacino they were only in four four movies together three now three. I believe uh, wait he, is there a, th- he a third one kill Irishman, if there's a fourth one, oh, I don't you, know what uh, it's it is. Godfather Part Two, but we don't yeah. count it because they're not right. Because they're not together. Yeah. They're not they're together. Yeah. Totally different eras. Um, but this is the best of them. I think we can all we can all agree. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, this is this is really. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I know that we're embarrassed on behalf of Carlo, Carlo Gugino in in this movie, but at the same oh, time, Carlo Gugino. Anybody who is in this movie gets to go in casual conversation with people like, you know, I worked with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in, in a movie together, and then they go like, you were in Heat, and you go, what was that? I gotta go. <laughs> uh, sorry, I gotta I gotta catch my bus. It's right across. Bye bye. Um, but it's it, depressing, this movie. Yeah. It's depressing. It, yeah, yes. It's depressing and it's copaganda despite, like... I have to... Ha- I, that, I wonder about that. I think it's trying to say something indi- like indicting, but it ends up still being like, you know, it is the thin blue line. They do protect us from the bad people. I, I couldn't tell if it was that or the other way, if it's... I don't think trying it's trying to be to actual it's copaganda like, and then you go like, no, they seem nasty. This nah, looks nasty. I don't, I don't think so. I, I felt I felt like it, it seemed like a kind of ind- I mean whether uh, on purpose or not they just seem like they're so everybody is so gross and so nasty and everybody's clearly Everyone's like so they don't try to cover cover up like De Niro being a racist or any right. of this sort of stuff it's like you guys I know what you guys are like and all that kind of shit and uh, and they and they they're just so nasty and and brutish and the cops seem so shitty all the time yeah, but there's no there's in contrast to whom. I guess so, it, but th- again, they also do do the thing. But well, you got to admit, these criminals are ma- are just like the loathsome scum of the earth. Yeah. We're dealing with Rambo the skateboard pimp here. Rambo the skateboard pimp. Anything, anything goes when you're trying to put down these fucking dogs. Oh man, I forgot to mention something that I wanted to bring up about 88 minutes. Well, I'll allow it. The cookies. Oh, the cookies. Uh, you want a cookie? Because the girl, the girl. Can we get some milk? We got milk? milk in here. At the beginning of, of 88 Minutes, the, the, in, the inciting murder is is twin sisters, and one survives and is the witness. And on the, the it's, it takes place on the day that the killer is said to be executed, and she brings him, the surviving sister brings him cookies at his office. Yeah. And she goes, I wasn't sure if this was appropriate or not, but uh, I made you some cookies. I just, I'm so glad everybody's remembering her on this day. And I'm like, yeah, this is inappropriate. <laughs> Like it is, you know. Where I mean, I understand that this man is a, is a murderer and he's being executed, but like, don't make cookies to celebrate, you know, the state executing a human being. It's weird. Like, just say thank you. Don't give ki- cookies to sixty-seven-year-old Al Pacino. The man like, hasn't been able to digest a piece meal in six weeks. <laughs> exactly. Then there's the copycat killer. So the like district attorney comes in to talk to Al Pacino, and he's like, first of all, I think we should all have a cookie. And he's like, milk? got some milk. And then he sends Avery Brenneman out to get cookies or get milk. And then they have a whole like tete a tete about like, hey, do you know anything about this crime? No, I don't. Have a cookie. And then uh, (laughs) and then Avery Brenneman shows back up in the office and she's like, milkmaid. She says milkmaid, and she's got a whole tray of milk. That's very embarrassing. 
Sorry. So I forgot to mention that really bad scene in that movie. He also does the thing where he's like, let me get, t- like, you, you you want some milk? And the guy goes, yeah. And then you want some milk? And the guy goes, no. And he goes, okay, two, you know what? Make it three glasses of milk just in case. You know, he changes his mind. <laughs> so stupid. Dude. I anyway, hope that was all improv. This back to it's called 88 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's in the that's in the superf- superfluous early <laughs> that 19. Is, that is in the superfluous moments. Anyways, anyway, righteous kill. Righteous kill uh, opens like the w- the way that the movie opens. You know you're in trouble because it's like badass like music playing. Well, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. By the way, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro are in this movie. Uh-huh. They are. Very good, very respected actors. Kind of noteworthy for it's it. It's weird that they're 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 in this movie it's because r- they're bad in it, and the movie and is it's bad. It's a silly bad movie, and uh, <laughs> they did Heat, and that seemed like a big deal for them to do Heat together. And then they're barely in it. Like the, some people theorize that they're not even like in the same room together, which not true. Um, but this one, they're absolutely in the same room together yeah, all the time. They're buddies. And it's, abs- they're it's like straight to video garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it opens with them like shooting guns. And like just being, yeah. to- and they're like lifting weights yeah, and shooting awesome. guns and looking at each other, going like, ha, 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 yeah, and we're the nar- definitely our buddies and pals, right? The narrative framework of this is Robert De Niro reading what sounds like a confession about killing fourteen people mm-hmm. and about how much he loves his partner and looks up to him and how you know he hates all the evil in the world, so he's you know he's gonna not let these guys get away. And we get his narration throughout, and so it sets you up and it's to shot, be like it's shot like head on. He's like looking into the camera. Yeah. It's just black and white security security yeah. filter. It's clearly just like so him in front of a. It's set up for us to be like, oh, he got arrested for doing the murders that we will now see. Mm-hmm. And uh, so throughout the whole thing, when everyone's like, oh, it must be a cop, we're like, oh, no, it is a cop. Or at least I am. I'm like, oh, it is. A, it's yeah. well, it's I, well, I was thinking, like, because, like, mo- like, movies like this always try to have a little mystery to them, and this movie's basically, like, Suppose you it's making you think that this is Robert De Niro going like I was the killer the whole way through. It's not just making you think; it's like actively just suggesting that it's it's like it's shot exactly like that. He's narrating it from his point he's of view. I did kill them. Me yeah. because he's me, Robert yeah, De Niro. because he's reading it, and we never hear their actual names throughout the whole movie. So we think that he is who ends up being Pacino's character name wise, which is kind of how they do the old switcheroo. That's how they do the switcheroo. But throughout In the my whole opinion, fucking that's thing, it it's is. Tot- it's to- 100% cheating. It is. Yeah. And throughout the whole fucking thing, I just couldn't get over how <laughs> bad at like lying and being discreet both De Niro and Pacino. If, no matter who was the fucking killer in this, yeah. they were so bad about being like, well, it can't be a cop. Like, that means, uh, I you know? I, once, the, once the twist happened at the end, I was like, there was supposed to be a twist in this? I just knew like, it just cares? couldn't be. It couldn't. It didn't I knew need it to couldn't happen. be De Niro because, like, that's what they're telling you it is. So, and you didn't, wouldn't well, have a movie if it was him. No, I, you totally would. It would just be a movie without a twist. It would just be a movie without a twist. I guess Maybe so. Pacino I just, just killed at the end. Or something. I had no think. I, had, I didn't, at no point did I think it was De Niro. I thought it was just going to be a movie about this one guy who decides to be a vigilante killer or whatever, and he's a cop, and his partner is the only other one who knows, and just kind of like goes with him the whole way because he's he's like his fucking best friend or whatever. And now we are watching how. They like navigate the aftermath. Their, yeah. their aftermath, or how they navigate their relationship through their differing ethical points of view, being a copper. Yeah, I had, that could have been I the had movie. No expectations that this was going to like be a mystery at all. I didn't that could have been the movie, and then they put in the twist, and then that's where it shifted from like, oh, this isn't just about them like existing with with this knowledge or whatever. It's about 
Yeah, I thought I was watching a, a drama or... and not a mystery. Oh, yeah. interesting. And so, no, like at the I, at the end when they do that, I'm like, what? Who I yeah, cares? Matt, that's because the moment. Me. But the instead moment of you start... saying who cares, I was like, oh my god, a twist. <laughs> <laughs> well, what tipped me off was the moment that they start showing because like it starts with him going like I killed all, I killed 14 people, and I'm glad I did it. I'm wiping the street clean. Very like parallels to like stuff that he says in Taxi Driver. Ha ha ha. Uh, I want to clean the streets up, like blah blah blah, and then uh, but then when they, when they do show him, when they do show people killing the perps, you don't see them, you don't see, yeah. you just see the perps getting blown away, and I'm like, why wouldn't they just show De Niro doing it unless they're trying to like make it some sort of mystery? I mean, I I was assuming that they just you know he was like, I'll do it, but I'm only working ten days. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That could, no, I I was just like I actually thought it was Carlo Gugina at at certain oh. points. Wait, which one is Carlo Gugina? That's the girl, the forensic, uh, the forensic lady that they that De Niro is banging the whole time. Who's the fake Alicia Silverstone? Oh, that's just that's the uh, Russian mob chick. Oh, that's the girl. That's the lawyer, the girl that does blow in the bathroom. Yes. Yes. Who's actually the lawyer? And she has the connection to Fifty Cent. Spider. Who is Spider? Spider. Spider. The the fifth. She's Nobby. totally a, a wish dot com Alicia Silverstone. No <laughs> offense to her. I hope she's doing great. She does look quite a bit like Alicia Silverstone, but she meets uh, she meets Robert De Niro in a in a bathroom as he's pissing. Where he's talking he's about taking his dick. a piss. And when you see a 70 uh, year old man with a high and tight haircut come into the bathroom, or like she's in the man the men's bathroom, men's room, yeah. there's no you that's when you continue start doing blow. You yeah. certainly offer him a bump. Yeah, that's what you that's do when you with pour a the blow all over the metal tray. This guy's <laughs> seventy. He's got a military haircut. He's probably gonna want some cocaine. Yeah. From me, and I think he did take some because later he was like, "She practically pushed it up my nose." <laughs> I don't think I want to. I want to think he took some. <laughs> yeah, I'll take one bump, but then you're also busted, and then we're gonna use this to. F- she turns, she flips him against Fifty Cent, Curtis Jackson. <coughs> he's just, he's just Curtis Jackson. He's not even Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson. It's just Curtis Jackson because he's trying he's to be a serious. He's billed that way, yeah. Uh, and she, and he, she also is like talking like in this. See, this is like. I, th- I thought this movie was kind of fun at times. It's a Me bad too. movie. Don't get me wrong, but she she comes. She's like doing. She's doing blow while Robert De Niro is is taking a piss, and she goes. Uh, <laughs> and she starts talking about how great dicks are. Like it's so fortunate. If you ever wanted, to, like, if I have to take a pee, I gotta take I gotta my sit pants down. off. He has his line down. where he goes, "Yeah, the big guy did a pretty good job on this." Yeah, the big guy really outdid himself on this thing. Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> fucking sucks. Just that, that kind of dialogue can't be forgiven. Oh, there's so much like gross dialogue in it. I well, post, he has my I favorite line in it is, is really bad, where he's talking to Al Pacino about how how much he's been fucking Carla Gu- Carla Gugino. <laughs> And so and nasty. and Pacino is like you know, and you she could, wants him to like hit her and shit. Yeah, and she's like, in she's into some yeah. kink. She's yeah. gr- she's gross. There's a point. There's a part where they're fucking, and she's like, my 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 little my little sister pulls hair harder than you, uh, which is pretty hot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so well, what does he say? He's well, Al Pacino's like you know you could pawn her off on me, but you know I fuck hard too. Uh, blah blah blah. And and he, fucking De Niro, he goes, she's got my sperm count so low, I have to sit down to piss. I don't even know what that fucking means, Travis. I, I, w- I was hoping we would parse it a little bit. I mean, yeah, it is what? obviously a gross thing to say, and we do get the information that apparently they're fucking a lot. But if why your do sperm you count is low, you got to sit down to piss. It doesn't really affect how you pee. I don't even think you are aware if your sperm count is low. Does it just mean you just 
smaller amounts. I don't understand why. Why would it have anything I anything to do with? Don't what understand what happens when you pee. Why how fucking so much makes it so you have to sit down to pee? Well, if you fuck so much, maybe your legs are tired. So you got to sit down. When That's you pee. maybe you could say. But what but does that have that to do with the sperm count? Or it takes a long time to pee. It does nothing to do. The, the sperm count thing is where I can't understand how it comes. I mean, into dude, you're here. 80 years old. Your sperm count is already pretty low. Um, if any of you listeners know why sperm count and sitting down to pee, or is this just a disgusting thing or to is say this about just a lady? Disgusting yeah, thing, I mean. Uh, 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 this has happened before where, uh, where we, we, there was a line that we couldn't parse and then someone, uh, I can't remember which one it was, and then someone online was like, oh, this is actually what they, I mean, it's a dumb line, but this is what they meant and it made sense. Oh, really? So I, don't else could I don't remember that happening sense. at all. Uh, I wish I could say what it was. But I kind of remember listening to that. Yeah. That was before me. But. And, and someone someone let us know. I was like, oh, th- okay, right. That was just a bad, it was just poorly written. But it, what, what does this well, mean? It's gross and you also have Maybe to spend a considerable so amount of time. that he has to just sit down. I don't understand. I mean, I'm I'm very removed from this, so I don't. It's you guys will have more of an I idea. Tell you. Sure. Believe me, <laughs> it's bad enough that that happens, and then we have to spend a considerable chunk of this movie watching her just get fucking railed by. It's like sagging Robert De Niro. Yeah, fortunately, most of the time they're they're like merciful about it, and they just you won't see him. He just peeks around the corner. Thankfully, she doesn't. She doesn't have to be naked. No, she's not naked. Fortunately, and there's there's one scene where she her like he's you can't even yeah you see her and then you go around the corner. I mean, she's just by herself the way they're shooting it, and she's just going like yeah "Uh, yeah. oh yeah you're really railing me. And and I and I want to say like I, I said it was kind of like gross her, her way in this like I'm not trying to kink shame that there is a part in it where Al Pac- where Robert De Niro like beats up a perp mm-hmm. and then Al- and then she's like and she talks to Al Pacino about it oh afterwards God, and goes tell me about it and he's like well he uh, really uh, beat up this perp and kicked his ass and she's like yeah really <laughs> tell yeah, me yeah, more yeah. he's like oh yeah he fucking knelt punched on him his in the chest face. and so he graphically describes this, his, he says uh, he Robert knelt on his chest this guy. and stuff yeah and she's yeah. turned on and it's him t- him and talking about him like, beating like 50 cent so it's like it has all this like beating up a black guy and a racial and she's, stuff and too. she goes like oh, yeah and he goes you dirty dirty girl so that's fucking gross my favorite my favorite part about this <laughs> whole thing there actually was one good moment coming out of this whole shitty relationship in this movie after De Niro has fucked her at one point, he goes, uh, what about dinner? And she's like, I don't know. Do you want to stay in or go out? And he's like, uh, what are you in the mood for? And she's like, I don't fucking care. You're the one going. If you want to stay here and hang out with me, that's fine. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, yeah, <laughs> get out. <laughs> yeah, You're the 67-year-old man. I'm using you for sex. You know how that works. <laughs> get out. There's like just a couple, like most of the time, we it's it's implied in some way or another. But there's like one part where we see De Niro like with his shirt off, being like, "Oh shit, man." Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's so that's fun. Um, but uh, Brian Dennehy is in this also, and um, beyond the point of return of oldness, I have to say, with with Brian Dennehy, like too old. Like uh, you remember that where we we talk about this sometimes where Robert Loja turns up in that second Independence Day movie yeah and it's like come on guys he's too <laughs> don't put him in the movie like Brian, Brian Denny he's got those kind of like old people yeah, like it, hovering on the edge of dementia eyes and he's constantly <laughs> making fun of making fun of Al Pacino and uh, Robert De Niro for being too old he's like you guys so uh, you guys have a what an equi- uh, uh, equi- uh, pff- you guys have 120 years of cop experience between the two of them? They're like, you're 120 years old, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking strange. But Brian Dennehy, I mean, once again, to, to add another person who's, t- this is beneath. 
who's in the goddamn movie. Um, the 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 killer. Do they have a name for this? The, the poetry. Com- it's like the poetry boy or po- something po- stupid. <laughs> I hope it's the poetry okay, so boy. Okay, so this. I think in, it is. In retrospect, it makes sense that I that there should be a twist and that I should have expected one. Yeah. Because if it's about these two cops who are doing vigilante stuff, why are they leaving poems like it's a serial killer? Just like the thing. The thing that clues everybody in, everybody else in that it's a cop is like. Oh, he knows these guys. He's following them. He's stalking them, and his, these these crimes are all connected. Like, why didn't they just shoot him? Well, the then... poem thing is very—it's unnecessary. Well, it, it it's the thing that undoes them. But why? But why? Why would you leave the poems? Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Because how? Well, because the bad guy is sick. Is fucking sick in the head. Is broken. I really tur- liked that's when they how it turns sick out. The world is during the movie <laughs> when you're watching it. When I'm watching this movie, that I am ex- just think I'm watching a drama that's not gonna have a twist. That I, there is no mystery about who the killer is. That it's these two cops yeah. doing vigilante stuff. Yeah. I'm like, why do they keep leaving the poems? This is stupid. Yeah, yeah. I guess I thought that too. Um, I really liked though when they were pretty sure that Robert De Niro was doing it, and he's like, "Yeah, I left a poem," and he like wrote that fake poem. Do you have? That, do you have that fake poem written oh down? Oh God! Uh, I have two of, of the poems, maybe maybe three of them. This is the first one, and this is and you hear Robert De Niro actually reading it in that fake out uh, surveillance footage that they have of him. And this is describing the murder of the of Rambo, the skateboard, the skateboard pimp. pimp, who is a little skateboard. Dur- <laughs> Rob Durdick. <laughs> you see him? Is it Rob? Dur- yeah. You see him ride his Who's skateboard that? in. He's the professional skateboarder. He he was friends with all the jackass guys. He was in oh. Robin Big, that MTV show. Didn't watch that well, show. there you go. Don't know who that is. Oh, he, well, he, he he's rides a real his skateboarder. skateboard into a shot, and you're like, <laughs> okay. that guy's a skateboarder. And then he pu- he like picks picks up his skateboard and goes up to a lady and goes, "Look, bitch, you better give me your money." And you're like, "Oh, he is a skateboard <laughs> pimp." Sure enough. But anyways, like shortly after this this scene where of a skateboard pimp being a literal skateboard pimp, he gets shot. And then De Niro uh, reads his uh, his supposed uh, poem that he wrote. He trades in sin, distributes flesh. He picks the fruit when it is fresh. Now someone else must slap turn his whore. Off. Turn that off. Turn that I, off. I don't, I don't care for that. Now someone else for that. must slap his whore. His heart has stopped. He breathes no more. Very Robert cool. De Niro Very actually cool. played by Alec Baldwin doing his Robert De Niro impression <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I don't Insult, care for that. Insulted him a little bit. <laughs> He's like he's like doing the like, you know, the De Niro face thing. <laughs> Fucking garbage. Slaps his all around a little bit. Uh, yeah, Brandon he tell, tells him that they need to go get shuffleboard lessons. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think this is, this movie's funny at times? Come on, no, man. I was just in agony watching oh, this. Come one. on now. I mean, it's I think it's at least it's on par with the recruit. But I still think 88 minutes is the shittiest one out Ugh, of all three. I, I I I couldn't. This one this one beat me. They do a lot of pop, pop culture you. riffing in this, like extremely second or thir- fifth rate Tarantino. Well, they do a whole stuff. like the Brady Bunch thing. They, they talk do about call the it Poetry Boy. Poetry Boy. I poetry love Boy. It. What a what a picture. The Brady Bunch thing was very bad, especially because <laughs> what was the was what was the, the thing? Fan? Oh my God! Uh, there's a part where they're like they're on like a stakeout. And and yeah. Al Pacino starts going like you know underdog 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 caused oh, yeah. all these all this epidemic of drug drug a generation addiction. of junkies junkies what are you talking about well what did underdog do well Penny uh, Penelope whatever her name is the 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 lady dog and underdog you know she would get into trouble and then she would call out underdog's name and underdog would hear her and and come rescue her yeah but what did he do well he would pop the little pill out of his ring oh you're right he was a fucking speed yeah freak. he's a yeah, a speed freak that's the thing I could like if you I've had a million conversations with my guy friends about 
shitty pop culture shit. And it never turns, like, it never ends with, like, holy shit, you're right. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> and that is exactly wow. what happens in this. Like, Robert De Niro's wow. like, you're fucking right. He was, underdog was a speed freak. Anyway, back to the stakeout. There's so many pop culture references. That, there that, should have that been Dan Hedaya and like who else? The underdog, what, like some of them are appropriate. The Brady Bunch stuff, maybe they they get called Lennon and McCartney. Like Al Pacino, how old would Al Pacino have been when Underdog was out? Fifty. I don't fucking. Know, I like to man. watch this show called Underdog. I hate this movie so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a character named Mutt Serpico. Did we talk about the violent as fuck NYPD softball game? <laughs> yeah, we're this, like, like, the they're just they're just dicks. That would be the le- there's a like, brawl. I would never wish to be at the NYPD softball game. Full contact softball. This is where this is where Robert De Niro like goes charging into John Leguizamo, and then yeah. they're like hit Leguizamo, Donnie Wahlberg, and Robert De Niro. John Leguizamo, Donnie Wahlberg, and Robert De Niro fighting on a baseball diamond. I mean, that's something you don't see every day. Nope. Uh, and that's where for you some, get the for some reason De Niro and Leguizamo come into conflict. And again, in retrospect, I was like, now I get it, because De Niro really didn't believe that it was a cop who was doing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which makes it even stupider, because he was so outrageously against the idea of it being a cop that I was like... Well, they're going to figure it out I was like, you're going to be so obvious. You're being so obvious. (laughs) But at the same time, it was just him genuinely being like, there's no way it could be a cop. And like, like, there's there's, there's this really good missed opportunity. Again, I thought I was watching a drama. When they are on the, they're at the baseball game, and De Niro is like talking to Donnie Wahlberg. He's like, "Hey, did you, didn't you have a shooting with a thing? You know, like a, you know, with a poem or whatever." And Pacino's there too, and they're like getting together. And for a second, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna turn out that these other guys are doing vigilante shit too, and they're gonna team up." Nah. I nah, thought they were going to like prank him and be like, oh, yeah, we got a poem, and then just say some like bullshit, but then that wasn't it either. And then they so it wasn't that, no, and it wasn't, wasn't this. No. This is the dumbest <laughs> thing. And then they kill Anthony Michael Hall, or someone who looks a lot and like the guy, him. It's not Anthony it's Michael It's fake Hall, Anthony it really Michael Hall, like fake like Alicia Silverstone. We got a bunch of a And, bunch of and they spend a lot of time in the dead guy's apartment just like hashing stuff out, eating lunch. Yeah. And then there's, the, it's really, there's a really funny scene where they all figure out, air quotes, that it must be a cop. And they're all like, oh, Jesus Christ. And De Niro's like, no, I can't be a cop. And it's just, they're in this really nice apartment, and it, there's a cut to, like, them all standing in the apartment with this giant view outside. It's just a green screenshot. It's just, it looks so bad. Looks better than 88 minutes. I don't agree. <laughs> wow. I do. 88 minutes looks like so bad. I think they yeah. both look like total shit. I don't, I, like, apples and oranges. Like, this looks like garbage one way. This looks like garbage it another way. It is true. Way. It does look like garbage in a different way, but I, I guess I prefer the way that this looks like garbage to 88 minutes. One I, of the victims. I think that you are just twisting yourself up in knots to find anything good to say about this crap. I, I think I might've, it might have just been like I expected this movie, somehow expected this movie to be even worse than it is. I feel like you got Stockholm Syndrome. There's a, well... Uh, maybe there's a couple <laughs> scenes in it um, where it is Al Pacino and Robert De Niro just hanging out, and, you, and it, it, it's absolutely not make, making like living up to the promise of De Niro and Pacino hanging out. I like seeing them together, is, though. I just sort of yeah, like me seeing too. Them I agree with I like you. Like De Niro's, I like De Niro's my grandfather wardrobe that he's got in this, while Pacino God, is wearing like a, a fucking dork. black duster. They're yeah. such dorks in this. Pacino's the, or De Niro is like the hothead, uh, serious guy, and Pacino's like the cut up. He's always he's always the one like making the joke to break to dissipate all the stuff which adds to the somehow coming in just like snacking on some chips or something like like, that's the vibe I don't know why we're all making a big deal out of this it's all fine come on guys let's chill out um do we talk about one of the victims is that priest who molested children yep 
Um, it's blown away and goes flying through the uh, confession booth. Yeah, and they put they rolled a poem up and put it up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're, and then you're like, also, you find out that it was De Niro was an altar boy for him, but then le- you also find out that this priest was moved to eight different churches, which doesn't happen unless you're avoiding conflict because no, you're molesting all the, the children. The priest is guilty, like everybody else that the uh, serial killer, totally. all fourteen people that the serial killer bumps off, and this the poetry boy bumps off. They're all guilty. Yeah. So they are getting their just desserts. I did think that you know that this must have been a fascinating day at work for Carla Gugina, where uh, she's has there's just a single shot where Al Pacino and Robert De Niro are walking towards her, and she's pulling a piece of paper out of a guy's oh, ass, God. and then she just all hands in, it all in one. That was that was just one. That was her day. That was like. Half of her day, pulling a piece Puts of paper out of a guy's ass as two of the most famous over. actors in the world gave up to her. Anyways. What an interesting job. Uh, yeah, but it, there's not there's not much like does through this one also end at a warehouse? I believe it does. Mm-hmm. It absolutely Always does. To, to. We've got to get to the twist at first. Um, I was suspecting Carla Gugina because I thought that that would be just the stupidest possible conclusion. And the and the, there's that scene where she's. Outs herself as a complete fucking sicko. <laughs> yeah, tell me more about beating that perp. <laughs> it, yeah, it makes tell me more about kneeling it on the chest of hot. that black man. Like, <laughs> fucking Christ! I was turned on by her being turned on by it. Well, she's also like one of the most attractive people who ever lived. Yeah. True. Uh, she's got that going for. Her. Um, but uh, but at a, but at a certain point, she gets like beaten up, mm-hmm. and this is like in Robert De Niro's fake diary that is a total fake out and yes. isn't real. But it is what the actual killer was th- and she saying calls and him thinking. from the hospital or whatever. That was when, this is De Niro saying, that was when I decided it was time to do something completely unforgivable. And then you see, you, but without seeing a person assault Carlo Gugina, like beat her yeah, up yeah. in the bathroom. And then you see Carlo Gugina like, calling, and again, dancing around the issue. He's a complete textbook sociopath. Get him. Get that person of which I am speaking. Right. The bad guy of the, the film in which we are <laughs> participating in. That individual. And and you're like ah must be well it certainly can't be her now, unless we've got an absolutely insane twist uh, set up. Um, and at that point I was like oh it's Al Pacino. And shortly and shortly thereafter, yes. um, it is added as such because they try to they try to run a sting with uh, Leguizamo and Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. Try to run it because they they fully think De Niro is the bad guy as we do. Right. They try to run a sting on him with Fifty Cent working with them. Yeah. So he's gonna go. Like the idea is that Fifty Cent is gonna go. Like I have this video of you being the killer, and then they're somehow this is gonna out him. They have videotape. Pacino's in the background going like, "Ah, oh, I'll just uh, I was gonna be on your side, buddy. You know, I'm playing. I'm the cool guy who's playing all sides. Uh, well, all I'll put ketchup on a hot dog. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I don't even <laughs> give a fuck, man. I'm a party guy. I party. And uh, and so like De Niro comes in there and doesn't fall for the trap, and then. Uh, and then they're like, oh, well, well, we'll get you again at some point. And so it's just Al Pacino and De Niro hanging out. And 50 Cent is also in the room. And he's like, let's just hang out here for a little bit. You just sit there. You just sit there and be pretty, De Niro. I'm going to go over here and talk to 50 Cent. And then he just blows 50 Cent's brains up. 50 Cent goes flying through the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Um because he because sh- he keeps shooting people with like a super mega gun. Yeah, that everyone blows, keeps going blasts people flying through. through. So 50 Cent's dead, and, and then De Niro is going like, what? What the fuck's going on? And then, of course, we're at the final point of the of the movie right, where right. we know what the deal is. We certainly don't know why De Niro was saying all those things into the camera. 
De Niro, yeah. Obviously, he was just like reading well, Pacino's confession. Yeah, well, earlier, the, the guy gave each of them a little composition book and told them to write down, like yeah. use it as a diary for like therapy reasons. And Pacino goes, look at my notebook. Read it. <laughs> Read it out loud so that, that we, so that we can kind of close that circle off. And, uh, and he does, and it's like... He he actually blames De Niro because earlier on De Niro had uh, persuaded him to like help plant the evidence guy. on a perp, and he's like, and after that I lost my faith, my role and model, went, and I went crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I went a little cuckoo bananas, and of course, and it just goes to the place where you know it's gonna go, where like he's he's like, you gotta kill me, brother. We've been we've been friends for fifty eight years, but you're gonna have to kill me now. <sighs> But there's a very he has a funny death scene. I really like Al Pacino. He's terrible in a lot of stuff, but he's he still makes me laugh sometimes. Yeah, he's outrageous. There's a part in this is this is one thing that he says before he gets uh, shot, where he goes, "What are you gonna do?" He's like, "We'll figure out something to you know." And he's, "What are you gonna do? Wheel me out on the Geraldo show, Freak of the Week, like the Geraldo Geraldo show? What, what are you gonna fuck? do? Put me on Martin Downey Jr.'s show?" <laughs> Jerry Springer, Montel Williams, Dinah Shore. What are you gonna do? Put me on Dick Cavett, Mike Douglas, <laughs> Jack Parr. Jack Parr. <laughs> you gonna put me on Orson Welles' War of the Everything. Worlds, War of the Worlds radio program? Gonna <laughs> <laughs> put uh, me on the Grand Old Opry. But this is but this is really funny. Is uh, De Niro like they they're resisting so hard doing the hands clasping thing from the end of Heat? They just can't. Do oh it. yeah. I was thinking they were absolutely going to do it, but clearly the they the ammo was there. We are not fucking doing that. Songs. We will we, yeah, absolutely. We will not do the hand. So De Niro's just sort of like perched over him like this as De, as uh, Pacino's dying. And it's really funny. He goes, "We did good though, huh? We did good." And De Niro's kind of like, ah. Yeah. And he goes, no, we did good. And he's like, yeah, good. okay, we did yeah, good. He goes like this. He's like, <laughs> yeah. the De Niro face. Yeah. I wish then, you could see it. I'm doing yeah, a good one. He, he but was then like, his, are you talking then, to me? But then Al Pacino's <laughs> final, yes. final words are, I wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as funny. I wish you continued success. Dude, I loved that he said that. I, <laughs> I loved that those were his I final words. I laughed out loud. I wrote it down, too. I wish you... Continued success. That has got to be my final words. <laughs> the money's in the. Uh, uh, oh. oh my god! I wish you continued success. That's funny. Besties, I'm sorry. Total besties. And to and to conclude this movie on that note too, that is clearly like a. And it makes you kind of like, what the fuck kind of movie is this? What are they doing? <laughs> it needed like a voiceover. So it turned out it was me and not him. And then uh, we, you know, and then I went at baseball and some. <laughs> you go back Wait. to the baseball thing. I beat up my girlfriend before, some more. <laughs> before Pacino died, there is what might be one of my favorite moments in this movie is when they're yeah, like. He's got a lot of favorite moments in all these. This movies. is my favorite moment of the movie is when they're talking and Pacino goes. Bye bye, and then jumps over a railing down to the first floor of the Bye-bye. building. Bye bye, it's amazing. So funny, it's so funny, and it's like a stunt. They switch to a stunt yeah, double, yeah. And, he, and he's way too spry. Yeah, he like he, he like clears it. He like vertically <laughs> jumps over this railing down to the bye-bye. like video game style. And he really does. Bye bye, bye bye, point. It's so good. I was laughing. Yeah, that's quite a bit of this movie. I was laughing pretty hard at. Whoa. Me and Travis had a great fucking time <laughs> with Righteous Kill. I, almost, I, was, I would say I, was I almost had just, a great time. I was wallowing in my. Own crapulence <laughs> during this movie. I was very upset. <laughs> Matt's just crying. I was home. so mad. By the time this movie was over, when it when it got to the point where there was a twist, I was like, "Fuck 
off. No, just be over. <laughs> like, you gotta have that twist. I need this. No, nobody asked for this. At least you knew once you got to the warehouse that is ending because things all end right, at the warehouse. Course. You know. I I have to say, as as bad as all these movies are, uh, I have come to the conclusion I like Al Pacino more after after this project. Not what that, a trip! He's he, such a guy. Not that he, he's just <laughs> he's like he's so guy. funny. I think he's. I think he might be like a, a fun guy. Have you seen Jack and <laughs> yeah. Jill? I yes. mean, we've all seen the Dunkachino thing. Yeah, but I mean, though, that's it's, that's not the only part of the movie he's in. Yeah, he's like trying to he's trying to have sex with Al Pacino's sister, with, or, Adam, with Sandler's Adam Sandler's sister, who is twin Adam sister, Sandler. who is Adam Sandler. You're a hot woman, lady, baby. Um, <laughs> lady, baby. But uh, I don't know. Like he's, I, I, I have a suspicion that Al Pacino might be like a fun guy to have. Wait, did with. you guys see that that? Uh, picture that like paparazzi picture or whatever. oh he's like just walking rocking out on his headphones yes. that's cool no but where he has his his phone case his phone case is like a shrek phone case yeah. <laughs> yeah. what's al pacino's he's deal fun. i think he he's might be a like fun a guy. fun guy yeah i, I don't know so. what if he's just absolutely fucking insane i think that, that i love too. that for him like he's It'd not normal he i love that for him yeah. i mean he's been a mega famous actor sure. for 50 years. he's gotta be fucking weird as hell but he might be weird in a delightful way Whereas I've always found De Niro, like, as De Niro slides into mediocrity, it just gets more and more boring uh, to me. Okay. And Al Pacino is is at least, it's I mean, these are bad unhinged. movies, and I wouldn't call them good performances, but they're fun. Yeah. I'm trying to think the last thing I watched Pacino in, like, uh, not including these films. I can't remember. The last thing I saw De Niro in was Amsterdam. Oh. You I guys, every time I hear someone that. talk about Amsterdam or see the word Amsterdam in, in relation to the movie, for some reason, I always think of that DreamWorks movie Madagascar, <laughs> and so I, I like did not even know this was like a real new movie for a very long time. Uh, definitely not Madagascar, though. <laughs> I, I, I didn't hate it. I was surprised. Interesting. Very, very divisive that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, let me get my my last lines out. There's a lot of lines that I thought were really funny in this. Uh, this is another um, this is another pop culture reference that the movie loved to do, like real easy basic pop culture references. Well, all the Brady Bunch. But shit. this is when Pacino's with Leguizamo and Wahlberg behind mm-hmm. him, and he's like, Stasky and Hutch are watching them like a couple of hawks, gay hawks. Yeah, what the uh, fuck? <laughs> yeah, this is Fifty Cent, um, and he's talking to R- Robert De Niro. Or, no, this is he's talking to um, Leguizamo or one of those guys on the setup because he's like, I'll participate with you in the setup. But he goes, if your boy come in and start going Hannibal Lecter on my ass, I don't want Jodie Foster coming through the door. I want motherfucking the motherfucking Marine Corps coming through. And it's like yeah, right. Jodie Foster succeeded in that movie. I would want Jodie Foster. Yeah, sure, man. Sh- Whatever. Sure. Uh. Bentley, this is Al Pacino doing an impression of a Russian gangster. Bentley very good, cause can fuck two prostitutes in back seat and mount flamethrower on hood, da. What's yeah. the line where uh, they go to talk to the um, they go to talk to the Russian girl, who's a prostitute, to tell her that Rambo the skater pimp is dead, and she he's like, <laughs> we want to talk to you, we, we want to talk to you about your boss. She's like, my boss is upstairs. No, your other boss. And she's like, and what? And he goes, you know, Rambo the skateboard pimp. And so she's like, come over here, talk to me discreet. And then they they have a little thing where like, you know, you need to tell us what you know about about uh, Rambo the skater pimp. And she uh, she won't tell them anything. And then. Uh, 
Pacino closes the conversation by going like, yeah, you can lick my balls anytime, and walks away. Yeah, and she's like, fuck? what did you say? It's like, give us a call anytime. Like, what is wrong <laughs> with you, man? <laughs> These guys are very <laughs> problematic and, and really dorky and old. And, and before they say that, one of them says, you want to smarten up and help us out, or do I got to call ICE and have you on the next plane to Kilbasa Land? Kilbasa Land. Kilbasa Land. Yeah, De Niro says that one. De Niro. Yeah. Aye, That's aye, the kind aye. of shit that just made me check out. I was just like, it's not funny. <laughs> I just didn't well, think it was funny. Comedy is subjective. It's just—it's not that the lines aren't amusingly terrible. It's that like I can't believe anyone wrote them. I certainly have a hard time understanding why two men who are ostensibly very good actors very, with great instincts would be, would be like, "I wrote that. I improv that line." Like God, it's just like it's so lazy. I think <laughs> everything about this is else, so lazy. If it was anyone else and not De Niro and Pacino, I would knock at least a half star off of yeah. the low star. Well, speaking of that. This. Yeah, let's get to it. I'm giving this one, Judd. Damn. It just sucks. I'm giving it two Douglases mm. for all the Carlo Gugino mm. misadventuring. Nasty. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 twists that just didn't need to be there at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't see that. that that's interesting. I just wasn't even thinking there was a movie that I needed to be on the lookout for. You know, yeah. I was just sort of watching it, going like, "When is this going to be fucking over?" Oh shit, there's a twist. Okay, whatever. Oh, it's this instead of that. Yeah. yeah. Bye bye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. Boing. I'm gonna give it. <laughs> I'm gonna give it two Juds. Although uh, I did kind of en- enjoy it, maybe on like a three Judd level. But it's a fucking bad movie. I mean, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I was laughing. At, I was laughing periodically, and also recoiling in horror at the, some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it two Douglases for the Carlo Gugino. Just bleh, the whole thing with that. Ugh. Uh, I'll lick my balls <laughs> anytime. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, I am gonna give it. 10 out of 10 bumps of coke offered to a 70-year-old military <laughs> military fuck, haircut fuck that guy. guy to death. <laughs> it went to trial. Yeah, that's how they got Madonna. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give this to Judd's, which is what I gave the recruit as well. Um, like I said, if it was anyone other than, De- I mean, if it wasn't De Niro and Pacino, it would pro- I would probably give it like a one or a one and a half. But just, I just, like you said, Travis Pacino is just fucking outrageous. So it's kind of it, it's kind of entertaining to see what he's doing. I love that guy. Um, and I'm gonna give it one and a half Douglases for the gross De Niro sex and uh, just like the the just like gross nastiness of the comments of these guys. And then I'm gonna give it one VIP membership to Fifty Cents Club Four Hundred Four. <laughs> that he built out of a bank. Yes, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, oh, we, we did it. We got through Woo! it. Oh, we made it. Bye, Pacino. Next time, I think we'll we'll be watching at least one good movie next time. I know for a fact we'll be watching at least one good movie. I'm one, excited. One I haven't movie seen that, any I, of these. that I that I dearly love that isn't completely well. Basically, you can imagine we're gonna have a hard time coming up with the title for this one. It's a Christopher Walken episode. Yeah. Finally, yeah, it's gonna be so hard. And sorry for two episodes in a row where Matt and I are going to be doing terrible impressions. But oh, that's, I, that's my walking is, is my walking is very bad. I've never tried to walk, and maybe I'll, I'll I test know. one out. Oh, I can't wait! Maybe I'll test I'm very excited. I about know. That. I know. <laughs> oh God! It's I know. Me. This uh, little walking, but it's Wildside, McBain, 
and at close range. Mm. At close Woo! range. That's I'm a good excited. One. But yeah, actually, Wild Side's pretty good too. Yeah. But Bane is fun. Wild Side's an erotic thriller. Yeah. Very Gla- I'm glad we get some fucking Douglases up in this bitch. R.I.P. Yeah, that's right. That should be interesting. Uh, so that's it. Follow us on Patreon. A lot of good stuff on Patreon yes. that's out and coming out. Most recently that we did a 16 Candles episode that I really enjoyed where we really take that movie to task. Oh, man. Cancel culture. Uh, and other and other stuff on the horizon. Uh, yeah, tell your friends. Tell your you. family. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And join us on all the socials and everything. Say thank hi. you, Cody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So thank you so stuff. much, Cody. Send us alcohol in the mail, please. Yes, I'll stock it away like a little chipmunk waiting for February 1st and I can drink it all. In your cheeks? Yes. I just won't <laughs> swallow it. Hand's <laughs> not going to fit in there. Yikes. <laughs> all right. Uh, Until next time. The suspense is killing us. Goodbye. Bye-bye. 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 Girl, I don't need you, but you need me. Take it off, hit it, flop, shake it freely. And I don't tell stories, I let them tell themselves. And you ain't gotta sell sex, girl, it's sell itself. Like nothing else. Yeah, I'm a country boy, but that big city bottom fill me up with joy. Ain't life grand, live it up, Betty. Here go the whisper sound, baby, this is us, ready? Put it on me, enthusiastically. Whatever it is that you do, you do it admirably. And I ain't choose it, that thing chose me. It's all the cake and all the way in this thing go